We finally made it out of Shadowfell, Mom. No more Shadowfell, no more monsters. We're safe in a cave. I'm sorry if you haven't received any of my letters. I realize now it's been months. I, I promise I'm fine. Please, I want to hear so much about the Ivory Boulders and how everyone is doing and where everybody is in life. But uh, I need to tell you everything that happened on my side of things. Let's start from the beginning. We just fought Julius Kendrick and got whipped into Shadowfell, not knowing how we got there or what was happening. And that's when Drell felt something shaking at his feet. Menace, you take this picture out of your journal. You go to hand it to Drell. Drell goes to look at you, and you feel a shuffling at your feet. Sid? Me? And Sid is on your shoulder when you call out his name. Sid, Sid, Sid Jr.? You look down, and the bag of holding is open, but something is sticking out of it. You see the top of a head with empty eye sockets, with no nose sticking out, with loose hair shading over its face, with a low hum growl. Its loose balding hair barely hides its thin, fragile flesh face with, with red glowing eye sockets. Drell, with a nat 20, you also notice this face looking at both of you, looking up from the bag. Drell, with a nat 20 on your perception, I'm going to allow you to make a reaction. Step. Ooh, seven. <laughs> uh, menace. <laughs> I'm not seeing this right. The bag man. My mom warned me of the bag man. <laughs> I thought it was a fairy tale. <laughs> what the fuck is the bag man, man? And then I'm just going to uh, try to kick it, like kick it over. You go ahead and kick the bag. Go ahead and make me. No, I try a... to kick his face. Oh, you want to kick his face? Go ahead and roll the hit. Uh, That is a 13. You go to kick the bag. As you miss, as the bag rolls to the side in between Minus's legs and looks up at him. <laughs> and a large protruding arm comes from the bag, towers over Minus, and just barely over Drell, and is going to come straight down on this Minus. Tall. Help! This guy's really tall. As he drops down with an 11 to hit, barely missing as Minus, you roll uh. back from the log in shocking fear. You are able to roll to your feet as he cuts the log you're sitting on in half. I'm going to need everybody to roll me initiative. It's an 18. 15. 23. You <laughs> got a 7. <laughs> <laughs> we're the top of the round with initiative 23. Minus, you have just rolled backwards onto your feet as this large, thin, fleshy claw slams down, cutting your seat in half. Its arm is still out of the bag onto the floor as it penetrated the stone ground in front of you as it starts to drag closer back to the bag. 
leaving large scratch marks in the ground. What are you doing? Well, the first thing Minus does is he screams, Mom, I'm sorry. Yeah, I lied to you. I did sneak out that night. I knew this day would come. The bagman's after me. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Mom. When you asked me that one time if I stuck out, I did. I was lying to you, and you were right. The bagman's real. He knew I lied, and he came after me to steal my soul. Oh, oh. I thought I could be the one to find the Midnight Moonbeam Flower of Ivory Boulder Mythos, but I, I'm paying for it now. <sighs> Anyways, this is what happened next. Still shaking my head after seeing what, what just happened and seeing the, the bag rip. I run over to the bag and I pick it up and <laughs> try to dump it out. Absolutely. You oh. pick up the bag and you flip it out. And all these blood shards and minutes and drill. The three, the two of you are like, oh, what's going on? And it begins to pour out. All these blood shards and the hole that you guys came in becomes bigger and bigger and bigger as the two of you are flipped onto your heads, onto the floor, falling in reverse, if you will and land out onto the Shadowfell grass. Shards dispersed along the floor as the two of you are prone, able to breathe once again. I wasn't done beating his ass. Put us back in there. Mm -hmm. Give me a second though. Uh. <laughs> Luckily, I made it out of there all right, mom. We ventured on through Shadowfell and uh, found ourselves upon a giant. So the three of you pack up your things and you start to, you look at this map and you're trying to find a direction and you just seem to be getting more and more lost. You think you found your bearings and then boom, you look up from the map and the giant moon in the shadowy sky blocks your vision. It seems to always be in a spot where it's most inconvenient to you as you're trying to get your bearings. This moon is high in the sky and just in the way. And as you walk, about an hour passes, and then you feel the ground shaking around you. After the three of you try to find your bearings, you hear some loud thuds. They sound like big footsteps bumping along. Over a small ridge, you see a large creature around 18 to 20 feet tall holding a large burlap sack. And he is slowly walking in the direction that is away from you. You notice that he's walking of what loosely looks like a road. After a few paces, you see him put down a large burlap sack. He looks to his left. He goes, ah! In a low, deep voice. From his bag, he pulls out a giant twisted club that looks to be broken off of a big tree and loudly sneaks in a direction, leaving this giant bag behind him. And he goes, I'm gonna get one. And as he turns, you see his side profile. And he is a large man. He is Drell. You notice him? that he is a he looks like 
a pale, like a very pale version of a hill giant. Long, flowy hair. As he's trying to sneak along through the broken grass and trees as he leaves the road and it is a burlap sack. A very large bag in the road as he easily steps over a hill and walks out of sight. And you overhear, ah, it looks like another silk as he thumps away. All right, Minus, I think you should go look and see what's in that sack. Okay, I'm on it. And he just rolls away without thinking. (laughs) 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 Minus is feeling very connected with Drell right now. They just experienced... Yeah. Something crazy in a bag. So he's all about bags and camaraderie. Yeah. (laughs) Minus starts sneaking towards the bag, I suppose. (laughs) You start sneaking towards the bag as you find yourself on this very loose dirt road. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check. 29. You get to the bag with ease. And this bag is towering over you. It's like a small cottage the size of this bag. And, the, and its opening is all the way at the top. It's like tied together with rope. And it like kind of leans over so slightly, but you will need to climb the bag to look at what's inside of it. Yeah, before climbing the bag, Minus looks over. He double points at his uh, crewmates. He kind of like does all these weird hand signals of like birds and scratches and climbing and then just gives them a thumbs up. Yep, yep. <laughs> totally starts, understood. Starts climbing up the bag. Give me a acrobatics check. As you climb this bag. Bird. So I got a six. Mm. <laughs> there it is. You step on and the bag is not sturdy and you feel like there's something squishy inside the bag and you fall over and the bag like falls on top of you. And some of Drell and Armos, you see like this bluish goop fall out of the bag uh, and like some dead carcasses of animals you are not familiar with. Minish, you are underneath the bag covered in this blue goop. Oh my god, that's so gross. <laughs> Drill goes over and like throws up on the side. It would really suck to be covered in all of that. <laughs> He's like wiping his, his face. Yeah, Minish is trying very hard not to throw up and ruin all the <laughs> stealth he just did. He's just like... you dust yourself off and you try to like you get all the goop out of your face and mouth and you look inside this bag and this thing is filled to the brim with what looks like a very weird deer or elk it doesn't look normal like the head of on its head is like two mouths with distorted antlers like some of them only have one eye. Like it was born that way. Look like very rotten dead carcasses. There's also a ton of crooked lumber. It looks like a bunch of branches and large logs from the trees. It looks like it's from the trees around you. And you do see this small bag kind of at your feet now. And it looks like a tiny coin purse. And you do hear something inside of it as it jiggles. Like when you go to pick it up, it like you hear the sounds of coins. I look down at the bag. I look at Sid. Meh. I look down at the bag. Meh. I look over at the giant. I look down at the bag. I go, Sid, run. And I grab the bag and run away. You grab the bag and you're like, and you hear in the distance, uh, boom. And this, 
the ground rumbles as he swings his giant tree mace and here and he just hit like some animal oh god oh god go sit run 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 run, run, run back oh, fuck while he's distracted back up against the the log or the tree hey, work. wait minutes just stand like a, f a few feet away man you kind of smell but yeah. tell us tell us what you saw oh, oh, oh my gosh there were these animals weird animals I've never seen yeah. And Sid throws up pebbles and I swallow my throw up it was disgusting oh, hold on I got something and I open the, the small bag and look in you notice that there's four coins inside of them the coins look exactly like the ones you found in Julius's office. They're like a, they look like silver coins, but it's not made out of silver. When you examine the coins, like they're made of a material that none of you are familiar with. And it has the etching of a raven on it. And there are only four? There are only four of them. Wait, didn't we find these before? Yeah. Yeah, you have a bag of them. Yeah, yeah, Minus tosses the coins uh, over to Armos and throws the bag of I, I, there's nothing else in there right so we have 318 total of these 322 yeah. 318 plus 4 322 raven coins I toss the bag aside wait is okay. it wait is it a nice coin purse it just looks like a really small burlap sack yeah I toss it aside if it was nicer than mine I would have taken it you know you know there's too many That's damn theft. bags it's literally theft menace if we get the bag man to come after us menace this is yeah that's how we get the why. bag man to come back menace you want that remember that story we just said that no one learned their lesson oh wait. wait you're right give me the coins back and he starts reaching into armos's pocket for the coins <laughs> yeah wait armos you pulled out your coin bag i thought you said you lost it Oh no 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 no! That's no. good. To know These are the Raven have, coins. No, it's good I'm to saying know you gold. Have your actual... Thump, bang, crack as this uh -oh. giant begins to come back into view, and he is dragging another one of these deformed deer. As he's going back to his burlap sack, he's like, "I got me another joke." <laughs> Food. And he goes back to his bag <laughs> and he knows like oh, why do you leave my bag like this? Wait a minute. Who was here? And he opens the bag. And he's looking at it, he goes, okay. Branch stick. Zelk. Oh, no. <laughs> uh one-eyed zelk. Uh Two-eyed Zelk. Are we gonna listen? Uh, How this guy just listen? This guy fucking talk. Yeah, let's okay, let's sneak I, away right, while he does this. All right, guys, come on, let's go. Okay. All right, everything <laughs> looks like it's here. Uh, and he takes the dead Zelk that he just beat in, beat to death, and he throws it in a bag. And he cinches. I guess I was just in a hurry. I better get back to town. And he puts the bag, he puts his club away, and he. Tosses the burlap sack over his shoulder and begins to walk away. Oh my god. Which which way is he 
Town. Wait, we're going to yeah. follow him, town. right? He said town. Yes. <laughs> yep. We're going to find yes, any sir. kind of information. Okay. <laughs> but can we please tail back far enough? We don't have to listen to him fucking sing. You see in a distance that he jumps and clicks his heels together? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Drill slowly pulls out his giant slayer. <laughs> I can Wait. shut him up. Doesn't Minus have like a eagle of some sort that could fly and track this guy shut down? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> We're far enough back, we don't hear him anymore. <laughs> We're just gonna loop Tony doing that during all of our conversations as oh, we follow yeah. this damn beat, like giant. I knew what he was doing. So, so I, I can summon a beast, but I can't see through uh, its okay, eyes or okay. anything. Gotcha. What are the three of you doing? Tailing him. We're, we're tailing him, I thought. We Sit tried down. to tell you that, but you couldn't fucking hear us because <laughs> you were fucking singing. You guys were discussing. Menace has a cot in his head now, and you do hear Menace humming like... <laughs> Stop that right now. <laughs> what? What? It's catchy. It's catchy. <laughs> you see Sid's mimicking it. He's like, oh, she kind of like... <laughs> I'm muting my Discord. Yes, I'm muting as well. I'm Mage Hand and Chuck Reginald. <laughs> and then, as you guys talk about the tail on the giant comes back, he hand bones a little bit. This is the worst. I have my headphones on. And we boo doo duped all the way to the town of Husk Hub. Husk. Achengagen. I forget the name of the town, but it was a really nice town, and we realized that that giant was quite friendly. And he had a friend as well. Yes, you yes, are in my bag. Minus, you're covered in shit that literally poured out of his back. Nope. All right, better not have been. And he, like, squints at you a little more, Minus. As you're talking to him, you hear another voice, a scraggly voice, a little bit of a whine to it. And he comes around from the back of the shack, and it is a fully cloaked figure with a plague doctor mask, big old hood. And you notice that his hands are sticking out. He, his hands are gloved, but out from his hands, from the gloves where the sleeve of his jacket is, are a bunch of black feathers sticking out. Here we oh, Charlie, why did you cut him a break, all right? They're not going to harm you. And you see this yes, cloaked figure <laughs> cloaked figure walk to a broken carriage that has two different shaped wheels, and he throws the crate on. Well, this is the oddest bunch I've ever seen walk through these old gates. What are you guys doing here? Uh, Just walking around, you know, soaking in the moonlight. So he looks at Menace and Armos. And you can't see any facial expression from him because he's wearing a plague doctor mask. Can't say I ever had a fallen gentleman speak for its owners. So what are the two of you doing? Uh, the fuck did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, buddy. And I fucking tap him on the chest and say, I don't, I'm not owned by anybody besides these guns. And I flex my biceps. <laughs> I will say you're... I mean, other than Sully here, I haven't seen a fellow quite as large and massive as you. He pokes you with the tip of his plague doctor mask. Goes well. 
Hey, listen, to each their own. Who am I to judge? Yeah. So you're pretty high on the meter of fuck around and find out. Minus peeks out from behind Drill. Hey, uh, what did you mean by own? Well, you know, fallen. Uh, and you see the giant go, fallen, and he points to himself. Uh, well, you know, fallen, fallen usually hang out with those. I, I, wait a minute. And he looks at you, Minus, and he notices that you're glowing. He goes, oh, and he goes to his cart and he takes a tarp out. And he throws it over you, Menace. And he cloaks you. And he, your, your snout just comes out. <clears throat> and he whispers. He goes, you're just visiting, aren't you? Oh, yes, we're on vacation. Mm, to here? this place. Where, where, where are we? <laughs> yeah, my parents closer. have a summer house here. <laughs> we don't want to cause you any trouble. We don't want to have trouble caused by you here, okay? Now, I'm a little bit more of a free thinker. Uh, my mind is open. Uh, my third my third eye. I believe birds of a feather flock together. But some of the people in this town aren't as understanding, and they don't take kindly to life walkers around here. If you want to blend in, you better get the gist, and you better catch up. While you're in this town, he's your fallen. And you two are mercs, understand? And so we spent a little more time in Hosks shopping around. We went to the armory, Drell and I, and we bargained pretty well, I must add, to get ourselves some silvered weapons, as well as a silver whetstone. After that, we realized we really should blend in better and decided to go over to a tailor to get ourselves situated. I wanna pull some like Assassin's Creed type shit and I wanna like put my hood down and try to like walk close enough to other groups of people to hear what they're talking about. Yeah, go ahead and make me a investigation check. What about a stealth check? Uh, okay, investigation? Uh, 15. As you walk out of the blacksmith with your goods, you go all Assassin's Creed, you put your hood up, your cloak bellows as it begins to straighten out and catches the drift that you are trying to sneak around. As you try to overhear some conversations, the hush whispers that you hear are not of languages you can understand. You eavesdrop on a group of three individuals. They're all wearing cloaked hoods. And as you look, with a 15, you notice that they are all Kenkus. And with the noises that they're making and the sound of their speech, they're speaking their own language to each other. From these conversations you were trying to eavesdrop on, you really don't get much out of the language they're speaking, and you guys make it over to another building that looks like a cloth shop, uh, a tailoring shop. And as you go into the, inside the building, just like the blacksmith, it is very worn down, and this building looks like it shouldn't be standing, very twisted, very warped. And they have a lot of garments hanging up, and they all have a similar theme. They all look like cloaks or dark leather. Everything is black, gray, or very dark shade of brown. At the other end of the building, underneath a cracked window, is another human with similar features as a blacksmith. Completely bald, no eyebrows, he has no facial hair, but very drawn out. His face looks very old with a younger type body with very drawn out eyes, big bags underneath him. Hey. Good evening. What, uh, what are you selling here, buddy? What do you, what, what we got in here? 
My liege, we sell an arrangement of garments and wardrobes, robes and bosoms. Mm. Uh, but probably not one as cool as this guy's, and I point to Drell. Yeah. Drell, do the thing. <laughs> I tried to do it, but for some reason it just doesn't do it. Damn it, damn it, Drell, you're making us look bad. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It normally literally does it anytime I want it to. Well, Armos is working on this. You see Drell and I panicking in the background. <laughs> How may I serve you, my liege? Tell us something about your items. What what makes them the best in town? I. Oh, my God, this guy says I. In the moon, they are the finest of shadowy leather from the darkest of Zelk. Shadowy leather. What, do, uh, what does that get us? Mm, clothes, garments to wear, perhaps fit in. And he looks at how the three of you are dressed. What do you mean fit in? What you don't you don't like our attire? Wait, how do I not fit in? I look like Blade. <laughs> <laughs> I literally feel like I fit in the. Are you kidding me? Look at this. As you speak, he ignores you and is focused on Armos. Oh my god, I hate this place. <laughs> Why do we need to fit in? Is there something? I think we look great. Do we not? My apologies, my liege. I mean, you ain't gotta apologize. I'm trying to get the lay of the land here. We're new around here. To this city, anyways. Give me I a kinda... perception check. Perception? Insight? <laughs> an 11. Oh, it would be an insight check, actually. Yeah, almost. Give me an insight check. 16. When you say you're new to this area, he quickly looks at you. And he raises an eyebrow. And then he examines you once again. And then he examines Drell. I wink at him. If you want to fit into town, you must buy the finest of garments if you wish to be revered among its peers. And you see that he like raises his raises his brow to you and he looks a bit more fancy. And he's trying to come off a little more prestigious. Armos, can you buy me a robe? Just I ignore Menace. Armos? <laughs> Just like Armos. the shopkeeper. Armos, me too. Armos. Hey, Armos. Did you not hear us? Armos, me too. What's going on? I want to do a... Armos, did you get my request? Okay, can Armos. I tell Armos. if the guy's like trying to... Like, Armos, I can't figure out if he's too. trying to like just get money out of us because we're new here and that he knows now that we're new here or if he's actually trying to tell us something. You see that with a 12, you notice that he's speaking to you now with a more regal tone mm -hmm. and he's... Showing you some respect. Hmm. Armos, did you get my request? Ar Armos. Armos, can you get me one too? I don't think he hears us, Drell. Completely ignore him. <laughs> 100% ignoring him. How can I persuade him into giving me that information? Armos, and I'm next to him now. Here, <laughs> put me up on the counter. This is kind of, this is tall. This is tall for me. There's no stool. I don't see a stool. I just, I just grab Minis and I grab him by the scruff and I just pick him up to Armos's height and I just put so his face is like right next to his <laughs> all right what are we dealing with Armos and my nose is like against his <laughs> I give him give him a quick stiff arm and push him out of the out of the scene and then I continue to talk to the guy why would one want to be we need to fit in oh uh, thanks Drell and I clop down on the desk why would one need to fit in to feel more prestigious why does that matter in this city Three lords such as yourselves in a new environment might want to make the best first impression. And how to make a better first impression? By buying and purchasing some of the finest garments a tailor can make. Okay, so what you're telling me is that if we buy these garments, we'll make friends easier, is what I'm hearing. Yes, my lead. Uh, Sol, do you have one in my size? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can make any garment fit. Oh, nice. It'll go over my, my armor. 
Just like a cloak? My liege. My, my luge. Do you have any cool sunglasses? Cooler than that, Drell? Or, uh, I, know, I don't know if we're going to find know. anything cooler. I want to see what he's what he's got, though. His focus remains on Menace. Ooh. You, you just, just tell me. Yeah, you just tell me what you want. I lean no, in. You just tell me no. what you want. You know what? I don't want to spend my money here. And I look at the guy and I turn around and turn my nose the other way. I air quote accidentally knock something over as I turn around. <laughs> <laughs> as you knock like uh, a wooden stand over with some clothes on it. You see that he like looks at the thud on the floor, but doesn't make a move towards it as his focus remains on Minas and Armos. So what do these cloaks do? Do you have cloaks with special properties? Do they look wicked cool? These garments are not of the magical nature. No, my sir. They just, they just look rad. So it seems like we need to get these in order to fit in, not looking like uh, sore thumbs. You see Minus is already wearing like a little red one. He's like, oh, look, Armos, it matches my hair. I'm sitting there. Oh, this is dope. Thinking to myself, trying to contemplate this and <laughs> Minus is already, <laughs> uh, already in a cloak. Okay. How much for, for three of them for the two of us and maybe a larger one for, I don't know, a, a third party? Yes, my liege. Um, three garments of the finest quality would run you... And he sees he eyes you again. Your measurements, my sir. Mm, six raven coins. We have those things. Wait. Rip off. <laughs> <laughs> I give him a look. Is, is he like, is that like a, can I tell if he's giving us a shady deal, a bad deal or not? Give me an insight check. Does a 16 already pass? <laughs> I got a natural 20. So... You know that he's bullshitting you with a natural 20. And when he was thinking to himself, he goes, hmm, six raven coins? That's not a, that's something unusual for him to say. Mm. And from his demeanor when you walked in, from his demeanor now, was a 180 flip. Okay, so I suggest we burn this place down. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, you think this is our first rodeo? Oh, come on. Really? Six raven coins? Are you serious? And I start eyeing, eyeing him up and getting him in his face as I'm wearing his cloak. <laughs> I get up to the guy and I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but we're pretty big deals. And for you to come and try to rip us off, how dare you? And I'm starting to... to... Almost no, the last guy never got over those burns. <laughs> yes. I'm hyping him up. My eyes start start kind of slowly turning to fire. And if you think that you're going to pull a fast one off on us, I suggest you rethink that offer that you just gave us. And I'm slowly starting to get my voice... Uh, louder because I don't see anything around here that's gonna protect you. Oh no! From me! Hold him back! Somebody hold him back! And I'm trying to push him like very fakely. Almost. Give me an intimidation check with advantage as uh, Minus is helping you. Yeah. Oh man. I can't hold him back for long. I got a 23. <laughs> you see that he like steps away and he goes, "Of of course, sir. Of course, sir. I." My liege, I apologize. My humblest apologies. I didn't mean to insult you. I am sorry. And you see how he starts to like grovel before you and he's like, he's now hunched over. He's no longer highbrow. And he's like, my liege, my liege, let me, let me give you the honest price. I am sorry. I did not mean to insult your demeanor. Your reputation precedes you. For the lot, I'll even throw in a discount as my master would uh, wants me to honor one raving coin for the three. All right. Yeah, that sounds much better. That's what I remember it being a, 
of the amount. And <laughs> some sunglasses. Yeah, throw in some cool sunglasses and you got a deal. And we'll we'll write you an awesome review and spread the word around town. We respect that you have respected our needing of respect. Aye, sir. I must appreciate. I know, Jarmos. You pay, pay the man. Oh, do I have that? I don't, I don't have them, Armos. <laughs> I know I have some. I'm looking. We gave them to you for a reason. You're yeah, the money Armos, guy. <laughs> Armos, we literally gave them to you. I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to figure out how many we have. Armos, pay you the man. have 322. Raven coins? Yes. All right, so 321. So angrily... I, I flip the coin at the guy so it hits him right in the chest and I uh, I have menace grab everything as I uh, storm out the, the door. You see as you flick the coin to his chest, he like fumbles and he grabs it and he picks it up off the floor. He goes, thank you, my sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank a thousand times. Thank you. And he looks up at you and he takes the coin and he puts it in a bag and he tucks it safely in his coat pocket and he gets you the three garments that are all made to size a large one one for you armos and one that fits menace quickly tailors them up for menace to make him fit the size and he shows you out the door try to be as courteous and respectful as possible all right well then i i knock over three more displays before I leave. <laughs> as we naruto run out of here with our clothes he quickly begins to clean up the store after the three of you have left. You hear the sounds of rummaging of wood and mannequins. Thank you, bye! And all the intimidation gone from Minnis' voice. Musa, 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 Musa. I'll be back to kill you later, bye. <laughs> we look awesome! That's right, extremely awesome, Mom. I'm sure you can tell by the drawing I just put on this page. But we made another little friend. That's right, a skunk named Silver. And they had a shop of all kinds of wild oddities. Some, uh, something called a Taki Torchy, some armor, all kinds of things. I bought some spider balls. But the most important thing actually came in the form of a letter with the Red Dawn sigil. Armos, pay the man. <laughs> While I'm paying and getting the money situation, I hand drill the letter for him to start taking a look at it. Yes, yes, of course, of course. I swap from my sunglasses to my reading glasses. <laughs> Guys, don't make fun of me. You take this envelope that's sealed, and you turn around, and it is sealed. You look at the seal, and you notice the sigil right away. It's the Red Dawn sigil. And you break it open, and you take out the parchment inside, and it's not a letter. It's a map. Oh, you said there were no maps. Look at this. <laughs> well, I said, hey, listen, I said there's no maps of Shadowfell, quote-unquote. However, if you find a map here that's taking place in Shadowfell, either someone's lying to you or there's another reason beyond it. And you look at this map and you see the town that you're in. It doesn't show... It shows a part of the area. On the bottom left corner of the map is the town of Husk. And you see, like, a dot, a red dot on there. The map is drawn in black, but you see a red dot, and you notice that it's kind of moving in place. After examining it, you know that this could be your location. And then the map goes from the bottom left corner to the top right. In the middle of the map is a... It looks like there's a forest. And then beyond that, looks like there's another larger town. And there's a title of the forest. It says Hangman's Forest. Excuse me, it says Hangman Woods. And then the town beyond the woods is Raven's Rest. 
But in the center of the woods, there is a cabin, a picture of a cabin circled in red. And you can kind of see like a path like leading from the town of Husk to the woods. You don't see any roads that are going to Raven's Rest. It looks like it's there for reference. Minus and Armos, go ahead and make me an Arcana check. I'm making an Arcana check. Oh my god, I've been waiting my whole life for this. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. I got a negative one, no whammies. I got an unnatural one. Okay. <laughs> Armos? 24. Ooh. The map is magical. Its origin is unknown to you, but you know it wasn't created by hand. You sense that the map was imbued with divination magic. Meaning you feel the map is leading you somewhere. Ah, uh, yes, that is a nice map. And then Silver goes, as you're examining it as well, there's no maps here. However, that map, well, it might lead you to something. It belonged to that guy. Maybe it was his little secret hideout. Maybe he was trying to get home to it. And he shrugged his shoulders. All right, so it sounds like you don't really need to tell us where you found him if this was his map. You see that he, like, weasels over, and he kind of, like, gives you, like, a side head tilt, and he's looking at it, he goes, Mmm, Hangman Woods. Well, those are infamous around here. People tend to avoid those woods. I can see how he kind of met his fate there. So you were in Hangman? Oh, no, I don't go in there. I do travel around there. You see a lot of dead bodies in there. People try to take a shortcut to Raven's Rest through there. And, well, that's why I get a lot of spoils. One's main trash is another man's treasure. All right, so can you just give us, like, the fundamentals here? No, no, no daytime, right? Doesn't happen here. Now, there is, nope, moon time all around. Moon time, okay, moon time. Why are people always walking around in cloaks? Uh, people tend to keep their identities to themselves here. You stick to yourself, you don't ask questions, you don't start trouble with people, and you make it to the other side. Menace? Huh. Not gonna have a good time here. <laughs> Why not? I was told this robe would make me friends. <laughs> uh, Silver walks over to you, Drell. Oh, God. And he goes, big fella. He snaps his finger at you. You go, come down here. Come down here. Let me get a better look at you. He's about like four and a half feet tall. He's on the smaller side. So you hunch down. He looks at you. He grabs you by the cheek. His big furry hands, his long nails kind of grab you by the face. And he lifts up your sunglasses and he really looks at you. He goes... Ah, eh, that makes a lot of sense. And he gives you like a little tap on the cheek and raises you back up in a friendly way. He goes, the three of you are life walkers around here. Makes sense why you're so easy to spend the coin you got there. I don't know how you got all that coin because one can, one can spend their entire life here just trying to earn two or three of those bad boys. And you're over here spending it like it's, uh, like, like it's rotten wheat. How do you earn these coins? Well, raven coins are very rare around here. They're made of a special metal that you just can't really find. They're, and the metal it's made from isn't really used for much. It's, it's, it's pretty crappy. Uh, you can't even use it to make armor or even proper structures with it. So, because of how rare it is, some people decide to use it as a form of currency and, you know, money talks around here to get you anything you want. One raven coin will set you a very long time in food alone. But it kind of puts, puts a mark on your head if you go around flaunting it. Oh, shit, guys. We got everything but food. Speaking of food. I was actually going to ask him if he did have any food from the material plane in his store. <laughs> but I was going to do it, like, right before we left. Yeah, I ain't gotten much grub around here, huh? You know, I usually go over to Liquids and uh, get some of their white soupy broth. And, uh, I mean, it's fine for me. It ain't going to be fine for you three. You guys don't come around here. And let me tell you, that broth is a scam, Mom. If you're ever in Shadowfell, don't you dare even try it. It was disgusting. 
not meant for us. But we pushed on, left Hoosk, and went to the Hangman Woods. You begin to walk on the dirt path, and you take out the map, and you notice the map, the red dot that was on it before, that was kind of displaced, moving about, is now moving along, and is now following this dirt path that you're on. It's us. And the three of you are looking at the map, and you're looking around. And before you know it, you turn around, and Husk is miles away. You find yourself up on a hill. The moon is bright in the sky. You look back down the map, and you look up. And there is this large horizon covered in smog and fog. Is a dense woodland tree line. You come across the border of the woods. And these trees are dense, broken, warped. A lot of these trees look like the way it's warped and like the holes that are embezzled in them kind of look like distorted faces. Like out of a scary children's book. The dim cold ground cracks beneath your feet as you feel like you've walked for miles as you are at the entrance of this forest. You see this dirt path before you, leading you into the woods. <clears throat> Drill, you go first. This place is giving me the willies, guys. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Reginald is shivering on your shoulder almost. Shivering? What? What? What, what's wrong? Oh no, I just have It's okay. Uh oh god, what are these called? Feelings? Mmm. Uh yeah, we push those down. We don't we don't address those. Oh, you dig them deep. <laughs> dig them deep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can do that. No, it's okay. No, go ahead and express yourself, bud. What what is it? Yeah, I don't know. I feel weird. I feel weird about this place. Well like What are you scared? Uh is that what this feeling is? No, I'm not scared. I'm just, you know, I don't want to go in that area. I thought you were like a demon with like eight wings I or something. I'm a mighty demon from hell's army. Seven wings. Seven. So rank and prowess. Don't give him an extra wing. Well, uh, that's probably why he's afraid, because he doesn't have the eighth one. Uh, it stinks real low. I actually, I actually have a really good uh, remedy for fear, Reginald. Come here real quick. Uh, okay. I reach out my hands. Uh, like flat so we can hop on. Okay. Yeah, Reginald hops on. All right. I turn away from the woods and I'm pointing away from the woods. I'm like, all right, Reginald, look away from the woods. Okay. okay. Yeah, uh, all right. All right. See, it's not that scary anymore now that you're not looking at it, right? Yeah. And then I backwards toss him towards the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you just yeet a bunny over your head? You turn around and look at Armos and Reginald is, his hair is all over the place. His uh, he, ears are bent. One eye is like half shut. Go, I'd rather not do that again. Thanks. <laughs> is it scary in there? Uh, it's not favorable. I, uh, I magic hand and pick him up. Bring him, bring him close and just be, just whisper in his ear. Be like, all right, buddy, just remember, you're a great and powerful demon. Great powerful demon. <laughs> okay, yeah. Seven rings. We're and I put him on my shoulder and we continue. <laughs> all right, I feel better too now. Let's go in. <laughs> so the three of you walk in and you find yourself walking further along and the trees are becoming more common. Dead branches start to become frequent as they begin to obstruct your view. And the moon in the distance is now curtained by dead trees. You're now inside the forest. Notice the path around you as the trees begin to line a pathway for you. As you are now walking on warped, soft dirt. In the distance, 
you see nooses hanging within the shadows. The closer you look, it's like your eyes are playing tricks on you. You think there are bodies on those nooses or something hanging there. You hear the sounds of familiar birds instead of, ooh, it's, ooh, ooh, ooh. Wood creaks from the distance, and the sound of the breaking dirt beneath your boots echoes. How are the three of you proceeding? I'm in the middle of whatever the fuck we're doing. All I know is I always get screwed if I'm in the front. I always get screwed if I'm in the back. I'm in the middle, directing traffic. All right, I'll, I'll watch the back, Armos. Buddy system. So it's Drell, Armos, and Minus, correct? Yeah. Wait, why am I leading? You want to switch? Well, yeah, I mean, why don't we let the guy who can see in the dark lead the way rather than... I mean, I can see pretty far. Oh, wait, yeah, you're right. If I'm in the front, he can see over me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, get in the back, Drell. <laughs> I switch places with Drell. The three of you walk along the dirt path, and you are much more aware of your surroundings, and the distance doesn't seem to be extorted in any type of way like it was when you left the town of Husk. And you look behind you, and sure enough, that's as far as you walk. You walk 30 feet, you can see the 30 feet in front and behind you, and you keep walking, and you keep walking. Menace, you lose sight within the tree line as these dense branches now, you're starting to like push them away from your view and you're taking out your new rapier and you're starting to cut through the branches to make a better path so you and your partners can walk through. And the sound of rope snapped from the distance as a noose drops down around your neck and quickly tightens. As Armos and Drell, you see this noose that is made of wood and dark sinew snaps on the back of Minus's neck and drags him up into the tree line <laughs> with a 23 to hit Minus. Ouch. <laughs> you take eight points of damage as you are strangled and grappled in the middle of the air, lost within the tree line as you are grappled and restrained and quickly losing your breath. Oh my gosh, mom, I swear, every moment in Shadowfell just gets worse and worse and scarier every step you take. We were fighting noose trees all the way through this darkness. Left, right, Armos was shooting fire, Drell was chopping down branches, I was going up, I was going down. Armos casted darkness we couldn't see through the twigs and eventually, oh my gosh, by some miracle we made it to the dot on the map that turned out to be this old, creepy cabin. And of course, we went inside. You're now in this hallway that's about 20 to 25 feet long, with only about 10 feet of width. Gerald, you're feeling kind of snug in this hallway as your bulky and massiveness is just- yeah, Of course, of course. Not, this house isn't built yeah. for you. Do I have any splinters in my leg? Uh, you don't have any splinters or anything because you have thick, that thick minotaur hide. You're just I'm a little embarrassed. I meant to do that. <laughs> Three of you are at the front of this hallway. So we have a door in front of us straight down the hall, and then we have a door halfway down the hallway to the left, and then a door halfway down the hallway to the right. Correct. And they are parallel from each other. So I think the the best way to do this, and as I'm saying this, I'm like grabbing Minus by his scruff and like pulling him out and like putting him back on his feet. <laughs> uh, so I think what we should do is 
we all go into the room on the left and Reginald goes into the room on the right. I mean, I've heard worse ideas, but I feel pretty good. I'm uh, I'm up for that task. <laughs> no, yeah, team bonding. Sid, Sid Juniors, go with Reginald. Uh, this is more of a solo job. I don't no, know no, what to no, say. it's it's Me? fine. You need Me? to. I know you guys haven't had a lot of time to like you know hang out, so you guys Me? can hang out and go do your on your own mission. Me? Me? Uh, all right. Oh my god, bringing a whole new meaning to kicking rocks. Okay, all right. I right, just do this. <laughs> you see Reginald and Sid like. Uh, looking at the right door. They're going right or left? They're going to the right. We're going to the left. So you see Reginald and like two of these SIDs looking up at the right door and they're on the floor. The cubs like, okay, you ever work one of these before? <laughs> like, I never, how, how do you get in? I don't, I don't know. I, we don't have these where I'm from. And they never worked a doorknob in their life. And they're like, okay, wait, we can, we can figure this out. All right. You guys have good luck. Okay. We'll see you yeah. guys later. <laughs> As we like, walk. Yeah. We walk through the left door. You got this guys. Team bonding. You guys will do great. The three of you gather from the left door. You can kind of see into the room. If there was light, the light that you're giving off already, you can see that there's like a lot of debris in there. You can smell like cracked wood and there's no light coming through from the other end. But from what you can just get at a glance is that the room does is probably like this hallway, probably just as messed up. You open the door and on that note, I'm going to need each of you to roll me a D4 and tell me who has the highest and lowest. A D4? I got a three. I got a three. I got a one. Nice. Minus and Armos. I'm going to need you to do a roll off. Just re-roll that D4. And just let me know who won. Who won. Two. I got a four. Ah. Minus with a four, Armos with a two, and Drell with a one, correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you open the door, and the room before you, you look at the room, and it looks like a broken down dining room. Smashed table right in the center. Broken cupboards, chairs, crushed in fireplace at the other end. And then <laughs> all three of you suddenly black out. Minus. <laughs> you feel a swift movement like you are thrown or flung into darkness. And when you rub your eyes, you open them, you are young again, back in your hometown with the clan of the Ivory Boulders. And it's a beautiful, beautiful summer night. And way past your bedtime for you, little young calf, you decided to sneak out because someone around town told you a secret, a legend, a myth about a moonflower, a flower that only reveals its petals at night. You look around and you are in this beautiful garden that is well kept by your clan. And the sky above you is full of stars. The air smells so fresh, so sweet. A pleasant relief from the smell of sulfur from Shadowfell. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. As I'm doing this, you hear a little menace going, The bag man's just a myth. The bag man's just a myth. The bag man's just a myth. <laughs> Oh my god, how many nat ones am I gonna get and then re-roll? You said a wisdom saving throw? I did. Uh, nine. Eight. You remember why you snuck out? You begin to make your way through the garden for the so-called moonflower some kid told you about in town. And as you search through the garden, 20, 30 minutes pass by. You give up hope for just a moment. And as you turn around to go home, boom, a bigger, Stronger Minotaur with a group followed behind jumps you and pins you down. Minus, I need you to make me another wisdom saving throw. Okay. Now 20. Okay. 
you see Miranor and his gaggle of goons at the last second, and he push you to the ground. <laughs> Miranor then proceeds to tease you and call you small and weak. He then dumps a bag of flour all over you. <laughs> Minister Flower is blooming. <laughs> this isn't even flowers, God. That's you're so dumb. This is actually just dumb. Well, if your IQ is in your head, bro, then you're on the ground because it's low. <laughs> and all of his friends laugh at you. That doesn't make sense. Oh, it makes plenty of sense. And he gets over you and he like hawks a loogie in your face like he makes it like dangle like right over your face and then sucks it back up and then does it again it's like getting closer every single time he's like and then he finally spits on you and as you look up at Miranor all teary eyed he gets closer to your face he goes don't you know you're not supposed to sneak out didn't your mom tell you about the Bagman, and then his face turns into the Bagman. His fleshy, bloody face pulls out and gets right in your face. No nose, bloody eyes, deep red eye sockets, and then boom, puts the bag over your head, and you begin to suffocate as you grab at your throat. And you should roll me a wisdom saving throw. That's a sixteen. After a few moments, you finally rip the bag away from your face, finally able to take a breath. And you return to the current you, except now you are surrounded by complete darkness, engulfed in pitch blackness, and it's silent for a few moments, when suddenly a voice breaks the eerie quiet, and you turn around, and while your environment still remains pitch black, like you're remembering a vision, in a dark room is your kitchen table, illuminated by candles with a fantastic feast spread out, absolutely brimming with all of your favorite foods. At the table, there are four minotaurs sitting there. Your mother, Mira, your father, Titus, your one friend, Flora, and your arch nemesis, Miranor. Mm. And Miranor, Titus, and your mother, Mira, are having the time of their lives, eating, joking, laughing at your expense as you seem to watch them through this glass window. Mirador goes, Minish Chieftain? More like Clan's Clown, am I right, Titus? <laughs> and Titus, contributing to the conversation, goes, Nothing like you, son. However, Flora, who is also sitting at the table, is not contributing to the conversation. Instead, she's looking straight up into the black void with her mouth open, emitting a drone-like noise, a flat, low drone. And once you hear it, it becomes louder and louder, so loud that you have to cover your ears. Minus, make me another wisdom saving throw. The waves. No waves. It's a 15. You look away and begin to wince at the sound from Flora's mouth. And when you look back, the four of them have faces of hydras, shiny white scales, and they are all looking at you. Miranor, Titus, and Mira's heads stare you down, while Flora's hydra head still looks up at the void, making this drone. The three heads that are looking at you 
Snap, lunge out. They get long necks and they go to bite you, and you fade to black. Oh, that was probably the worst dream I've ever had in my life, Mom. I'm sorry I never told you that story before. It's just, well, that was the night I snuck out, first of all. I didn't want you to be angry, but I also felt ashamed that I wasn't able to stick up for myself when I was younger. But I'm feeling pretty strong these days. I gotta tell you, I, I, I'm full of energy and life and I have this new purpose, I swear. Even if I were to never discover this three-headed hydra of the Kambuki Isles and slay it, I think if I came back today, I would make a strong case for the throne. There is no way, there is no way that dad will ever give that throne to Miranor. But hey, I'm getting a little sidetracked. I do want you to know, Armos and Drell, they also had some bad dreams. Everything was black. The pitch blackness around you is unlike anything you've ever felt before. You feel a sharp sting in the back of your neck. You feel yourself floating. You begin to hear sounds, familiar yet distant. You hear your own voice. You hear yourself mumbling. Then you see a vision of yourself hovering over some books and scrolls late at night at a desk in a small tavern room that looks like the door to your room barricaded. Next to you is a candle burning nearly at the end of its wick as it looks very late into the night. You look frustrated and like a smoke cloud, the memory fades. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Nice. Good at these. Swell? Uh, maybe not so good? Multiple visions start to come at you and they start to play one after another. You see yourself in multiple visions at once as they begin to flash into your mind. One by one, you see yourself in the same black cloak in different shading locations, meeting with different people. However, in each vision has the same act. You are trading money for goods, gold for blood shards, platinum for scrolls. Sounds like me. Like a smoke cloud, your vision fades. Please make me a wisdom saving throw. Yeet. Ugh. It's a 10. Kind of want to reroll that. After these visions fade, you find yourself standing in the darkness alone. No menace, Drell, or Reginald. You do not have your tome, any of your gear. You are wearing tattered street clothes and that same black cloak you have on in all of your visions. Your hands are in front of you. In the palm of your left hand is a rune painted onto your hand. The Seal of the Red Dawn. In your right hand, you have a soft, fuzzy toy of a rabbit. The toy looks used and well played with, almost tearing at the seams. It's very dirty. You squeeze it and it squeaks. You flip it over. And at the bottom of its foot, there's a stitching of a name. And the name is Reginald. Ooh. Make me a wisdom saving throw. God. Why do I keep rolling worse? Uh, I got a six. You look up from the toy, and the darkness fills with a warm sunlight. You find yourself in a field in common clothes, not too far outside the city of Thalor. The field around you looks like a nice common area, a park to bring your family to. You are still holding on to the bunny doll, and you hear a whimper at your feet. You look down and you see this little fluff ball, a dog with black and fiery orange fur with big old horns that resemble yours. Armos, you remember this dog. This dog's name is Layla. 
she's your best friend, your very own hellhound, and she's looking at the bunny toy in your hand. Oh, and just to give you a reference. Oh my god, it's so cute! Oh my god, I pet the dog for sure. You start to pet Layla, and this is somebody you raised from when you were a young adult. You found the puppy, and you've had it for a number of years, and you know quite a bit about hellhounds and how rare they are and how shockingly long lifespans they have. Some say they live longer than most tieflings. And as you play with Layla, you throw the bunny, she brings it back, chewed up. You pet her under the scruff, and she licks your face, and she is so cuddly, so attached to you. That bunny was her favorite chew toy. Mm. And then the environment tone shifts. You see a large demon beyond your purview standing in the field. Nobody around you seems to notice this demon looks like a massive toad. Large devil horns right above its deep blood red eyes. And he smiles at you with a big croaky grin, towering above everyone around it the size of a tavern itself, and nobody seems to notice it. And it speaks to you in Infernal. The grown seed is what I need, but plucked and delivered before its full blossom, and our pact is squared away. The pleasant vision of you playing with Layla disappears, and you are now in a dark room, but you are not alone. You are on your knees holding Layla. Layla's lifeless body. No! And the darkness engulfs you. Next, you find yourself at the ritual that started it all. The ritual where you met Reginald. During the ritual, you had Layla's favorite toy in your pocket, and you realized that you were attempting to bring her back. And just like that, all these visions begin to make sense. The mysterious meetings, the knowledge of the blood shards, the ritual that went terribly wrong. Somebody gave you bad information and you were too blind, too focused on your goal to notice. Almost. You regain some of your memory back and you remember the last deal you made before you made the deal with Reginald was with a demon named Ritz Gulak, the only demon to ever outsmart you and get the best of you. And what he took from you meant more than everything. He took your dog, Layla. The only companion you were ever able to trust in your entire life. Woof. You thought by what he said, a grown seed is what I need. You thought he was referring to a plant when really what he thought about was something that you were nurturing to grow. And on that day, you swore to get revenge. And when you were trying to bring her back, all this time that you spent lurking through the red dawn, trying to investigate, learning about rituals, talking to all these people, the Groff brothers, spending all this time in Thalor, a city that you now know is destroyed, comes back to you. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. A 20. As the darkness engulfs you, and you hold Layla's body for the last time, everything goes to black. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Drill. <laughs> <laughs> Drell, when Armos opened that door, you saw Armos walk in, taking the lead, examining the room. And when you go to walk through the door, boom! Minus's body is then snatched from an unknown arm reaching into the room. Couldn't make out the details. And he goes right by you, whizzes past you through the hallway, going through the door that, Reg that Reginald and Sid were trying to get into. Boom! Bursts open, snatched up. 
and you go look around and go what the fuck you go to take your axe out boom everything goes black oh. as your vision fades you are dragged into another room and the door slams sh shut behind you unknown to which room you are actually in everything goes black you open your eyes and around you is this room that you didn't intentionally mean to go into and the furniture around you is all black and ripped up tattered up rugs and other piles of rubbish scattered throughout the room the room like looks like it used to be a foyer before you, unlike everything else in the room, as you stand up, is a dressing mirror meant to show the whole body. And in the mirror, you see yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. God, I'm not good at this. Uh, 18. As you stare at the mirror, flexing, feeling good, showing off those glutes. This is what I'm talking about. Getting quickly infatuated. And then you notice your body starting to age. What? You start to become sickly in the mirror. Your beard hair begins to fall out at a rapid pace. I knew it. I used way too much shampoo. Every second you see yourself in a reflection, you see something ill. And then soon enough, your muscles begin to deflate. You're starting to hunch over. Despite your movements, your reflection stares at you with a melancholy face. Your eyes are staring at you through the windows of your soul like daggers. Your skin starts to turn a sickly color i need you to make me a wisdom saving throw another 18. <laughs> you look down at your physical body now reflects what you see in the mirror you look as light as a feather skin and bones but you feel as if your boots are filled with cement i'm so ugly you stare at yourself in disbelief and you look back up from your body and you are now back in the frigid north a raging chilling wind knocks your frail body right off your feet and you are sent flying back into the thick hard snow looking up at a blood red sky where you see a bluish tealish moon you try to get up from the snow and it takes you longer than any goliath should and then you're in a room surrounded by darkness nothing around you except an axe struck into the ground I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. And it is only a 12 this time. You recognize this axe as it's smashed into the black floor. You've seen it before in a dream. It's your father's axe. Papa. What are you doing? Um, is it close enough for me to grab or is it like far away? It is. It's only a few steps in front of you. I, yeah, reach out and try to grab it then. Give me a strength saving throw. It's ooh, only a 17. You reach for the axe and you manage to pick it up and it's freezing at its hilt. It feels as if the axe weighs hundreds of pounds. Your hands look so small and sickly compared to it. I'm still picking them up though. You look at the head of the axe and in its blade, there is an empty socket. Behind you, you hear a voice. As you lower the blade, you see a man that you are for sure you haven't seen before. An elder man with a long brown and silver beard with a pointy brown hat. And he speaks to you in giant. He goes, you took too long. You look as frail as a mouse. And you should make me a wisdom saving throw. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, dude, they're getting worse. Uh, that's only a four. What do you mean I took long? You took too long. A large skeleton of a dire wolf the size of a coliseum raises behind the wizardly man and turns its skull towards you with his empty eye sockets glowing bright red. The same dire wolf you saw in that cabin many moons ago when you had your nightmare. And he lunges at you. 
Fade to black. And of course, I was the one that had to save the day, Mom. That's right, I woke up first, and I went from room to room and made sure that everybody was safe. Well, I went in the first room, actually, and there was this copy clone of Drell that uh, was kind of like made of sulfur stuff, and I couldn't find Drell, and I was having a hard time with it, so instead, I went to the other room to find Armos, and I found Armos, but it wasn't Armos, and actually got attacked again, but then found a real Armos, and then we got into a tiff, and we eventually killed the fake Armos and the fake Drell, and at the end of the day, we looked up and we found Drell was actually on the ceiling the whole time. Uh, yeah, he's she's stuck to the wall. You see this guy? Man, we got to do all the work, I swear. Every time. How how high? The ceiling is about 15 feet high. 10, 20 feet high. <laughs> all right. Do you see a chair anywhere? It's on an angled roof. So, like, he's, like, looking down at you on an oh angle. Oh, my God. All right. I mean, I can Eldrick blast him down. Do you have a better option? I mean, no, no, I got this. I got this. Sid, give me a hand, and I do another writhing tide. <laughs> and I start floating up. Me. All right. I'm coming, Drell. I'm coming. I'm coming. And I get up there, and I kind of look at the situation, and I kind of, like, wedge my javelin in between Drell and the, like, tether. I'm just kind of, like, stab it. <laughs> because you're out of combat, you're going to take 20 on this. And... Yeah. <laughs> So as you're carefully chiseling away the goop, the goop is reacting to you, but it's not liking your uh, attacks. As you just you keep nicking at it, stabbing it, stabbing it, stabbing it, and then you finally break free the tether that was in the back of his neck. Almost catch! Huh? I jump out of the way. Yeah. Boom, the goop, let's go. Drell face plants all the way down. Uh. As the goop is removed through his face, <laughs> face plants on the floor. And now with real Drell back on the squad, we decided to go searching around the house to see if we could find anything from Julius Kendrick. We lit our talkie torches, very quickly discovered that that was a nuisance, turned them off, and went down into the basement where we found it. You hear some movement in the room to your left. It sounds, well, it sounds like distilled water. Uh, stagnant water that just had a ripple through it. To your left. All right. Well, I gotta light this fire. I'm staring that direction, trying to light this light this fire. You use your fi cool fiery power. Oh, Reginald's like, uh, yeah, you got this, you got this, and pff, use fireball, a cantrip that you never seem to use for some reason. And you ignite the fly fire, <laughs> and Get the room. Ready lights up in the corner of the room hugged tightly to the ceiling that takes up about 20 feet in the corner is this red amorphous blob with impressions of faces with various emotions pressed up against gelatin with tendrils coming out of its sides and they are connected into the wall and you hear various screams and sounds coming from within it Dozens, if not hundreds of voices rambling inside of it as if this red amorphous blob has, a, has is like holding hostage all of these beings inside of it. And you see these the impression of various faces screaming and suffering in pain. I'm going to need the th three of you to roll initially. Oh, five. Twenty-three. I got a four. Well, it's either you guys like do really good or shit. Like, <laughs> story of my life. The three of you are now facing down this giant red gelatin like ooze with all these faces that 
uh, come in and out of its gelatin-like exterior with its tendrils in the walls as it's trying to, as it's latched onto the house and it begins to move forward towards you. Starting at the top of the round, Menace on initiative 23, what are you doing? I like, I like to imagine that I see Armos turn, look with fear in his eyes to the other side of the room and Menace goes, oh, what's over there? And he peeks in and goes, ah! <laughs> and <starts> screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and he rolled a 23 in initiative, by the way. I just want to point yeah. that out. So he screams and he goes, ah, and throws something. Or something. <laughs> and just, it goes, <laughs> yeah, he gets far enough that he's next to the thing. goes, ah, and just panic starts <laughs> hitting this This thing. This blob is massive, by the way. It is taking up a large chunk of the room in a space oh. that it's occupying. It is a pillar of, like, blood ooze. Five to hit with my javelin. Yeah, the javelin hits. That's uh, nine points of piercing damage, and then Sid and my favorite foe do an extra three points of damage. <laughs> you stab him with this javelin as the Sids run down the javelin to deal additional damage. As they're slapping uh, this red ooze, you see that the ooze actually grabs the little Sids and like quickly pulls them in, and you see them floating inside and then dissolve, oh. like rock into acid. Oh God, it was a thing of nightmares, mom. A big red gelatinous ooze, and it hit Armos so hard, I, I swore he died. As this red tendril slaps you, Armos, on the chest, piercing your armor, I'm gonna need you to make me a wisdom saving throw with a DC 18. Oh, I got a 14, but hang on, I have... Bye. Is he gonna use it? I'm finally gonna use it. <laughs> this might be the first time yeah, in the whole campaign to yeah, use this. Maybe one other time, but Dark One's own luck. It's a warlock uh, fiend ability that I got at level six <laughs> that I haven't used in a long time. So I basically, I get to once per rest, uh, when you're making an ability check or a saving throw, you can use this feature to add a d10 to your roll. Okay. Roll it. Uh. <laughs> oh, you rolled oh, the you one. Oh my goodness. Oh. Feels bad. Oh. Got any inspiration? Well, <laughs> no. I gave it a gave it a go. You know, at least uh. at least I used it, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll say on my tombstone. You try your best. You are going to take 38 points of psychic damage as the tendril latches onto you and your eyes fade white for a moment as it begins to go deeper into your body. And once again, you relive that nightmare from our last session of you holding Layla, your hellhound, no. and reliving those horrific moments when she was taken away from you. You feel faded and drained. I, um, actually, I feel pretty dead. Oh, <laughs> you're down? Yeah. Oh. What? No. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh, this is bad. No. Oh, this is so bad. Yeah. Oh, shit. Maybe you should have led with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> this, oh, oh, my God. Okay. Almost, mm -hmm. you fall to the floor as this third tendril slaps you and impales you. Minus and Drill, you see like this tendril has like a movement as it's trying to absorb something from him. Almost when you go down, 
you are now reliving these memories from the last session over and over again on how this demon has duped you and these various um, flashbacks on what you're doing to try to get her back. With that, we're going to go to the next initiative. It's actually going to go to initiative five, Armos, as you are down. Dead. And this tendril <laughs> is doing its thing. Mm -hmm. I need you to make me a death save. I don't know what to do. What you're going to roll do? a d20. 11 or higher is a pass. 1 to 10 is a fail. One it gets you two oh, death saves. Oh, you rolled a nat 20! You lucky son of a bitch, you pop back up with one health! You touch my dog! <laughs> As Armos was laid out on the floor, you rolled a nat 20 and your eyes open in a fiery yet weak rage and you stare at this thing and you're like, you kicked my dog! From a nat 1 to a nat 20. Beautiful. Wow. That's right. It was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. Almost back in the fight, we took care of that thing like it was nobody's business. I swear the gods above were angered by how quickly we took care of that battle. Much easier than it should have been. And finally, we had a moment to just relax. As we're, we're getting done with being rested, um, I'm looking through my... My book. Your tome? Yeah, my tome. And I notice... Pulls out another dagger. <laughs> <laughs> I notice that there's a new page in it. Ooh. And I, I start to look at it and try to figure out what is going on. Pause for dramatic effect. Reginald is like on your shoulder, like you flipping through your tome. He's like, whoa, wait, new chapter just dropped. There's nothing written but I'm getting a sense that I need to write something in this, and something's kind of calling me to, to do this. Okay. So I take the book, and I write my name in it. And as I do that, I feel a certain power in it that then is prompting me to give it to my friends that are listed around me and uh, ask them to... Uh, Write their name in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely write their names in this. Yeah, 100. Yeah, let's do That's a great idea, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I, I have to write my name in it? You want my signature, almost? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I give it to Menace. I'm like, Menace, I need your signature real quick. Yeah, Menace signed the ledger. I know that it's a very beneficial thing. You put your name right there, Menace. So, we, uh, so we're friends yes. forever, you know? <laughs> uh, Menace. Yeah, what's up? Let me get this right, Menace. Do you want to... Menace, you want to write your name in a book that we literally saw um, <laughs> sucking a thousand doomed souls? Is that... Let me, you're about to write your name in that? Oh, no. Armos wants me to... Yeah, so you want to go right there. And you see Reginald's, like, paw <laughs> reach out, like, right on the page. He's tapping on it. Oh, you just want to put it right there. Yeah, give it, like, take the book. I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't know. It's Armos' book, right? He kind of... Just a book, right? I mean, it doesn't... Isn't every book just a book? Words. All right. Uh, where, am I, where am I putting this, Armos? Demonic powers. Uh, right underneath my name. Just sign. Just write your name, write, okay. write your name <laughs> out. Write your name out. Dear Armos. No, just your name. We oh, no. have been friends for quite some time. Make sure to leave some room. I feel like. <laughs> I think that's enough. You are like a brother to me. Oh, my God. What's that? I think that's good. That's good. Okay. Wait, did you write your name? No, you told me to stop. Uh, no, 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 keep doing it. Oh, God. And no one has ever 
treated me. Oh my god. So well. <laughs> I hope he's writing small. Much love from your bestest friend in uh, the world. Oh, here we go. Your also bestest friend. Oh no. With the little hooves <laughs> and Sid. Me. Minus Pebble Walker. Awesome. Great. Awesome. All right. All right. That should do it. Awesome. A big guy. And you see <laughs> Reginald and Armos pushing the book towards you. Uh, sorry, I forgot my pen. Uh, what, you need a pen? Oh, I have a, I have a quill. No, no, I well, got I, it. And I, Reginald well, throws up something like, and like a bone comes out of his body with like ink. And the bone comes to like a fine tooth black ink point. And it's all slimy and he hands it to Drill. See, uh, uh, well, I guess what I also meant to say was, uh, my Aunt Dory, she, she always told me, you know, never sign something you don't know what you're getting into. So I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> and I just pushed the book away from me. I'm telling you, you really want to sign this. Yeah, yeah you really want to sign it. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, you just, really want to sign it, Drill. You have to be willing in order to sign this. Yeah, believe exactly. Me. Exactly. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go ahead and maybe I'll, I'll look it over. Um. I think uh, I'm going to go get that torch from upstairs. Do you guys go ahead and handle this? <laughs> yeah, so, Drell, you're refusing to sign the book? Uh, um, Once you sign it, it's going to be great. Yeah, once you sign it, it's awesome. I feel like Jared's is going to be this real short-term, super cool thing, and Tony keeps wanting me to sign it because it's long-term going to fuck us. Um, yeah, fuck it. Drill, Drill goes, um... Look, I'm fine. Wait, I feel kind of funny. Drill goes to write his name, and um, instead of putting Drill, he puts, um... It's D-R-E, and it's two capital I's instead of L's. <laughs> so he technically signs it, but it's not his name. Mm, this, this, this name isn't glowing like it normally did. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you have to sign your name. It has to be your actual name. That's weird. I mean, that's that's literally my name. Look, it says Drell right there. I know there's not a lot of space left on the page because of Minus' long yearbook sign-off. Oh, yeah, you got to use the other page. Sorry, I took up that page. No, 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 no. It's got to be the same page. Oh. It's only one page. Oh, I think there's uh, some space between the paragraph indent. Uh, okay, fine. And I just very quickly, just in super uh, reluctantly, signed my name. It starts to glow, and all of a sudden, all three of us start to feel very safe and protected. Anytime you go to zero hit points, you will then be put to one hit point. What? Instead. What is this? It's called uh, Gift of the Protectors. That's awesome. So anytime your health is reduced to zero, but not healing outright, the creature will magically drop to one hit point instead. And it, this is once per long rest. And it's only because I have the tome, which is kind of neat. That's awesome. Tony, you want me to send it to you? Yes, please. This is great <laughs> for me. Yeah, I'm loving this. This is great. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a nifty little thing. You should have totally told me about this before. I would have all on this. I'm all about this. Yep. <laughs> Don't you guys feel great? Don't you just feel like you have one of those things called, um, they, like when they're in the right in your gullet and he smacks his fat belly? Like it's like you feel like a tingly there. Well, what are those? What are those things called? A smile? Uh, uh no, it's like one of those things that fly around. You feel like a bird? Uh, stinger rays. Yeah, it's like you got a bunch of stinger rays <laughs> in your belly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things that fly around. 
And you like flutter, yeah. Isn't that cool, Mom? A crazy book that Armos has gives us powers to just like, you know, survive the day. I'm sure nothing bad will ever come of it. It's Armos, after all. He's my friend. He would never do anything that would put us in danger or harm's way or, you know, endanger the entire party or be selfish to, you know, help his endeavors with his dog or anything like that. I'm sure nothing bad will ever come of this. But anyways, we spent the rest of our time inspecting the rest of the items we got and moving on into the woods. So the three of you continue walking. And when you look behind you, you no longer see the cabin in view. Shadowfell seems to be playing its tricks again where you look behind you and boom, it seems like you've walked three miles and then you look again, looks like you only traveled 30 feet. And you look back behind you one more time and it looks like you traveled another 30 miles. Just the cabin's way in the distance and eventually you lose sight of it. And as the trees become less dense, the moon in the sky becomes more prevalent again, always in front of you. If it was any brighter, it would practically blind you. And the three of you, as you talk amongst yourselves, feel a gust of wind again coming from above you. Slight puff of air. And then you hear the air breaking around you. And it sounds like something is dropping in the distance. Like, a boom! Cracked ground around you splits and this deathly dust fills the air and blocks your vision. Grell and Armos, the two of you stand your ground as the floor begins to shake from the sudden impact. Then as you fall back down, you take six points of bludgeoning damage as the earth around you begins to crack and like some pieces begin to fall on you. The dust settles and ahead of you, through the thicket of dead trees, kneeling in a superhero pose is what looks to you like a massive suit of armor. You can hear the metallic breath underneath the mask as the suit stands up in a small crater that it just created. Danger, Will Robinson. The armor looks to be full plate, standing at 11 feet tall. The body of the suit of armor looks bulky, protecting somebody or something massive in size. As its head turns, the green flame within it flares, and then a hiss emits as a shadowy fog begins to pour out of its joints and begins to fill your surroundings. We knew that this suit of armor was no joke, so we came up with three master plans to get away from it. We ended up going with mine, pretty much. Running away, uh, I turned Drell and Armos into gas, and they went into cracks, but then the armor thing actually did notice me, so chased after me. And as I was running around, trying to uh, escape it and stealth away, this giant demon came out of nowhere and attacked us. I was not thrilled at all, but Reginald seemed very into it. You see Reginald begin to, like, smoke a little bit. He has a grin from ear, from rabbit ear to rabbit ear. He's like, yeah, more, almost. <laughs> more. I like this guy. All right, Minus is feeling inspired by that turn. Yeah, he is. I'm going to do something crazy. All right, I'm going to use a dash action. I'm going to be like, all right, we're doing this. We're doing this. And I dash action off the ridge and jump towards the demon and using my bonus action from my charger feet, I'm gonna slam down on it with my uh, holy mace of disruption. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, roll a hit. 
First, you're going to give me an acrobatics check as you are running and jumping off a cliff that is about 15 to 20 feet high. Um, DC 10. I want to see this happen. I want to see this happen. Oh, nailed it. Uh, roll to hit. Got 12. With advantage, right? Yes, with advantage because it's prone. Yes. Um, that's going to be a 21. You slam down on him with a mace of disruption. What does that bad boy do against demons? Ah, uh, yes. Against the fiends, I get an extra D6 to my damage roll. What type of damage is the mace of disruption? Bludgeoning and uh, radiant. You're going to double the damage on that radiant die, bud. Holy shit. You hear that, DM? You hear that? <laughs> oh, I'm hearing it. <laughs> I, th I thought it was vulnerable because it is a fiend. So it's not both. It's just the reasoning behind it, right? No, no. It's vulnerable know. to radiate damage, and it is a fiend. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I slam down on this demon. We're, we're doing this. Ah! Bang. And I do 31 points of uh, radiant bludgeoning damage. Woo. And then I also do an extra five points marking it as my foe and Sid coming down on it with me. And if it has less than 25 hit points, it needs to make a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or just be destroyed outright. <laughs> You smash down with the Mace of Disruption and you get him right on the noggin. And it begins to flail, but it is not destroyed. As it looks at you, Menace. Ooh, I felt like Drell, Mom. It was like so invigorating, dropping off of a ledge onto a monster. But I didn't do the final blow, unfortunately, that a uh, big metal suit of armor did. And when he did do the final blow, that big old demon turned into a giant blood ore vein. Remember the ones I used to tell you about back, like, in the caves? Well, yeah, we weren't able to actually do anything with the vein because that armored guy was messing us up so bad that we had to skedaddle. Fortunate enough for us, on our way out, we saw Sully and Berthy again. <laughs> Not again. We duped our way all the way to Raven's Rest, Mom. That's right. On our way, we fought Sorrowsworn. We saw one of them Nothic creatures. They were crazy. I'll show you the drawings on the next page, but I got something even more important to tell you. We met this being called Madame Fusel. And she told Drell where the portals were so we could get out. And she told Armos where she could find this person that took Armos' dog so we could get revenge for him. But for me, well, let's just say I think I know where I can find the three-headed crystal hydra of the Kambuki Isles. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, thank you. I, uh, <laughs> and I turn around and I start walking back towards Minas and Armos. And I whisper, one of you asked for the oil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, am I next? Minutes go. <laughs> All right, move over. And as Drell walks away with the coin, you see that a bunch of sand drops in the hourglass, and it looks one-third of the way full. All right, all right, listen. Okay, so how do I get taller? No, wait, wait, wait. Uh, is there a magical potion to make me taller? No, wait. Um, um, uh, where, where, where can I find the best cookies in the world? Wait, no, that's not, uh, hmm. Oh, there's so many questions. Guys, what's your, uh, there's so many questions I could ask. You can ask questions or ask for the oil. material <laughs> that you would like. A weapon, some armor. Don't get greedy, Minus. 
Minus does something very selfish. Oh my god. <laughs> Minus, Minus ponders some more, throwing some random stupid stuff out there like, oh wait, is is there something that'll make me run faster? Is there something that'll make me jump faster? Can I get a fun silly hat for Sid? What about Reginald? Can you get him more hay? That kind of stuff. And then he's kind of sitting there pondering and he thinks back to the dream he had and his dad telling him that he wasn't worth it and that he was never going to be anything and that Miranor was better than him. He goes, where, tell me where the Crystal Hydra is of the Kambuki Isles. Where does it live? What are you offering, Madame Vazel? This is going to give up something actually very special to him. I really don't want to give this up, but I feel like it makes sense for the moment. Minus pulls out the cookies he received from his mom in the letter. Minus, please don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Think about what you're doing, Minus. <laughs> he goes, listen, these, these were made with love. I promise you these are going to be the best cookies you've ever had. And he, a tear rolls down his cheek and he passes the cookies over. You lay the cookies on the counter. I understood. Little white, and then a massive cat-like finger slowly pushes a golden cat coin onto the counter, massive in size, and then takes the cookies with its giant index finger and pulls it back in. A crunch could be heard through the darkness. <laughs> Damn it! He's so stupid, almost. <laughs> it's the only thing we could still eat down here. I know. Never got to try it. I, uh, I hesitate for a moment, but then grab the coin. Just like Drells, the coin winks at you, and then psh, you are filled with this information. And there is an exact point on the Kambuki Isles where this massive hydra is located. However, when you think of the massive hydra, it is suddenly blurred out of your memory of the exact details of what the hydra looks like. Nothing is steady or stable. There is no defining characteristics that remain the same longer than a second. It has three heads. No, it has 17 heads. No, it has one head. It looks like no Hydra you've ever seen before. It is at a very specific town in the Kambuki Isles. Town of San Lo, S-A-N-L-O-W. This town of San Lo comes into view with this massive Hydra towering within the city. It's many necks wrapped around tall structures. The city itself looks primitive, but built in glorious ivory white stone. The town is mixed in races that you see some people walking around, but mostly heavily Minotaur. And the town itself looks like a town that Minotaurs would build. Ooh, brain blast. And as you get this brain blast, you zoom out and you can now add a cat coin to your inventory. And as you take the coin and sound of eating cookies can be heard through the darkness, the hourglass begins to fill as two thirds of it are now filled. Armos, as although you cannot see it, you feel like you're being stared at. God, fine, Armos. I guess just ask for whatever you want, and then just <laughs> turn around and just walk away. Drell will be the only sensible one. <laughs> There's no doubt in his mind what he wants as he approaches the cart, but what he has to offer is hard to give up. Uh, he approaches Madame Fuzel. <laughs> yes, Red One. Or should I say, Armos? <gasps> you know me? No, that's not my question. <laughs> I know many people. What's my name? Drell of the Ashborn. Huh. 
you answered my second question. Get fucked. (laughs) 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 But I all of a sudden kind of hide behind slowly. (laughs) How do I locate Rizgulak? The location of Rizgulak. What do you have to forfeit? Uh, As I'm reaching in my pocket and I drop my blood shards. Oh, <laughs> wow. Drell slow claps from behind Sully. That's impressive for Armos. A wide tooth grin. Pearly white cat-like teeth smile through the darkness. Armos, as you are now like at this window, your devil sight is been kicking on and off and you still cannot see what is inside this tent. It's like looking when you look inside with your devil sight, it's like looking through the wrong end of binoculars. Your eyes mm. are tripping out. You feel like you're staring into another realm when you look through this darkness. But this I can do for free. And she takes the bag of blood shards with one giant cat-like finger and she pushes a silver coin to you. Mm. Pick up the coin and just like uh, Minus, just like Minus's and Drell's, it has the outline of a cat that looks like it's smiling, wearing lavish jewelry, and it winks. <laughs> Goes over you. The location of Ritzgulak is in the city of Stratham, in South Trillis, <clears throat> also known as the Red City. The city that is currently protected and, and also barricaded and fortified against by Aramor City. The Queen of Aramor has that city on lockdown it was a city that fell it was the previous capital of south trillis before the kingdom of aramor became its new capital ritz gulak is in red city next to a man named viral grimgar and almost as you fade out you see the cat-like figure smile one more time as the hourglass fills madame Fazel. He's very pleased with today's transactions. Till we may meet again on the other side. And then... And just like that, she was gone. I'm one more step closer to finding this three-headed Hydra, Mom. I'm gonna make the clan proud. And hopefully Dad even prouder. But enough about me. We moved on to Raven's Rest. You five approach the Raven's Rest gate. Similar to Dilmore, there is a line to get into the city. And it looks like there's only a few travelers ahead of you. And they seem to be bartering with the guards. Stuff that looks like common household items in the material realm, but look really worn down and tattered here. And you see that after you see the exchange between travelers and the guards, that the guards are giving them a very hard time. And all their voices sound very deep. They sound they sound like orcs. And then as you're overhearing these muddled conversations, they're trying to keep their barterings to themselves so nobody else can overhear. A few moments pass and you approach the guards as it is your turn in line. And Berthy starts to barter with the guard and you overhear him saying that the three of you are hired guards and you plan on using the mailing service in town. That was his business he stated for uh, this visit. And then you see he goes into his hand cart and he takes out a giant stack of supplies. There's various potions in there, vials, the the potions that he offered you guys and there's some food in there and you see the guard go to birthday uh uh five two more and the birthday goes well come on man i need to pay the i need to pay the mailing service you can't just take all my good uh uh two more crates five five entrances 
all right what about this and he takes out one more crate and he puts it on top and then he has something folded over it looks like a towel that has something rather large in there he looks around and he shows the guard what's underneath the towel you away from you guys and the guard goes oh okay five entrances knocks on the gate a smaller door opens for the five of you to fit through and you walk in you three walk through its iron gates and the town looks busy all around you are people moving with purpose there are red door and guards on every corner you hear the sounds of hammers of busy blacksmiths you hear town folks talking amongst themselves you even hear the occasional no slacking in the distance followed by whips red dawn members are yelling at fallen the fallen here are all human and they all have shackles around their ankles and waist and large ones around their neck they look pale as can be barely wearing any type of clothing and they look very old and very tired no one seems to be standing still the city itself looks leaps and bounds better than husk buildings although damaged look well built and fortified but you get the instant feeling that its inhabitants of the city is in service to the red dawn the banner hanging from the fortified barracks in the middle of town appears to be acting as a beacon of intimidation all these buildings are on top of each other they have very gothic style architecture for every two buildings that look well built there's one that's completely destroyed within them but they all look like they have somebody living within them the streets are very wet and damp broken broken roots are jutting out of the ground it looks like a lot of landscaping needs to be done but the focus is on the walls and the barracks those two things look pristine compared to everything else in the city all of the people that aren't red dawn members are kenkus in dark robes it looks like that's the normal inhabitants of this town all the red dawn members look to be wearing the same uniform they are all wearing half plate armor over a red cloak that hides their facial features with armor and hoods up there isn't much difference between any of them except for their size some of them look like to be the size of orcs and others look like to be the size of humans they all look like they're ready for war all right well the first thing that happens is you see menace is just red in the face he hits the floor and like nearly passes out. <laughs> uh, 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 he reaches his hand up. Like, I didn't talk. I had to hold my breath. He's doing the same things up against the wall. <laughs> that was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Uh, uh, you promised, Armos. All right. So, Armos, if you look at the last three months of these of the power of blood shards, you can see it's just going up. <laughs> All right, I give I give Minus three uh, the coins. And Berthy was kind enough to take the letter for me so it could be mailed. But if you're wondering why there are so many markups on this letter I sent you, Mom, it's because essentially what you'll find out later in this letter is that they kind of haven't been mailing stuff in Shadowfell because it's corrupt or something. So I'm doing it now that we're done with all the crazy stuff and just doing some revisions so you can know what happened after this moment. So I'm going to let you know right now, I made it out of Shadowfell, I'm safe, and I'm now writing this in a cave. Oh, maybe I said that at the beginning. Anyways, we went to a bar. I guess I want to try to find, like, a inconspicuous place to sit. Like, I want to be able to sit close enough that I can hear people, but obviously, like, like, people's conversations, but not 
close enough where they're like, why the fuck is this guy up in our grill? The place isn't that big. The room is about like 50 feet wide with like various support beams in the middle. You're going to be close to anybody if wherever you sit. It looks like all the corners are already taken. I guess we'll just find somewhere like... Um, Drell, you pick a spot. I'm going to go find a high chair. Oh, fuck. I'm so bad at this. Uh, <laughs> why don't we sit over here? I guess a table that has the backs of like most Red Dawn people in there. like Or like... There is there are Red Dawn people in here, right? There are two guards on either side of the bar. I'll sit at the table closest to the drow elf that's at the bar drinking. Are the regular tables like sit down height or are they like... They're sit down height. They look like broken round tables. The seats are all like broken boxes and like uh, buckets that can no longer be useful. Yeah, since since that's like sit down height, I go over to the bar uh, and I go to an empty seat next to the drow elf. I'm like, hey, is this taken? The drow elf looks at you, goes, excuse me? And he goes to reach for his blade. No, no, just this chair. Oh, hey, huh. I, I, I'm just grabbing a chair here. He kicks it towards you. Huh. Thank you. Menace, by the way. He spits on the floor. You catch me on break one more time and I'll have your head. Okay. Have a good one. <laughs> I take the bar stool over to our table and <laughs> drag it over. <laughs> like really loud. Yeah, I'm like fully just pushing it. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. What are we ordering? Why do you guys look annoyed? <laughs> <laughs> Never change, Minus. Never change. Something happened while I was gone. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> we were having a grand old time at the bar, just listening in on people's conversations, you know, trying to survive on scraps. And then... A little thief came along. You hear a thud and a tug at your backside ah. underneath your cloak. And behind you is a small Kenku child holding a, the bag of money mm. that you had as he tries to just pickpocket you. And he looks up with his large, with, with his beak. He looks very, he's wearing very tattered clothes and he dashes out of the tavern. Absolutely fucking not. Boom. Goes through the broken doors. No. Out into the streets. Almost our money. <laughs> oh, I am on it. I am bad out of hell chasing after this thing. I'll fucking kill him. What's happening? The three of you get <laughs> you get up and you chase him out. The two of you will follow him, correct? Uh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, Armos is running, so I'm like, oh, oh, we're going. Yo, okay. I'm misty <laughs> stepping the fuck in front of it as soon as oh. I see it and just grabbing him by the throat <laughs> you run out of the doors and you miss each step to try to get in front of him go ahead and make me a grapple check as he's trying to go in between your legs now it was quite the chase but long story short we ended up catching up to this kanku child and along the way realized that they were carrying that blood ore vein from that demon into the barracks this will come up later i promise but we got this kid situated, got her gold back, and after meeting back up with Berthy and Sully, found a way out of Shadowfell. You see, Berthy's friend had the exact oil we needed to relight these lanterns. Two conditions. One, 100 raven coins for the three. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. The second is that you have to use them here. Cannot have you leaving shop. Does that mean we're leaving right now? Have you have you seen this been used? You've seen people use this oil before, right? I have. People who try to leave here go through the material plane. Same method Red Dawn used for their mailing service. And he does quotes with his feathers. 
Is it one person per lantern, or can we all use the same lantern? Only one lantern needed for the three of you. And you recall when you guys came here that Julius Kendrick lit his lantern and the environment changed. Okay. Uh, so we accept your deal that we leave, but how about we lower this Raven coin price? And when we come back, we don't tell everyone that the weapons on your walls are all fakes. <laughs> he squints at you. Make me a That's great. intimidation check. It's better than what I was going to do. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. Nice. I, I, I'm not bad at it. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm really good at this. <laughs> Let me help. Uh, That's one thing I'm very, very good at. I don't know if I want to reroll this. I rolled a 13. Uh, uh, I'm going to reroll it. I'm going to use, I'm going to use one of my luck die just, just, just to be safe. I really hope it's not lower this time. Oh my god, it's lower. <laughs> well, you still got a 13. <laughs> Wait, don't you have an inspiration die? I know, but I so I get my luck die back out of rest. I don't want to use my inspiration yeah. die yet. Okay, I'll use my last luck roll. Oh my fucking god. Wow. Okay, I have the coldest die right now. I rolled a 13, a 10, and now a 9. And I now I have to use my inspiration die. <laughs> Okay, fuck, oh. come on. I just wanted you to know, I have a plus eight to intimidation. Dude, I have a plus four. <laughs> so I've literally been just rolling complete ass. Oh my <laughs> fucking god. <laughs> There's impossible. no way. That is insane. I rolled a seven. Let's just go over this. It was a 13, and then he re-rolled to a 10. Then he re-rolled, and it's a nine. And now with plus four, he rolled a three, which is now seven. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I I I I just grin at him after I say it, <laughs> dude. He's he checks your bluff and he looks at you. And he goes, "Who oh, you gonna tell? You could be a material plane. Uh. You know what if uh you know you could not take it and then you know you go out to the street and maybe I tell Red Dawn." that you're here trying to buy shady stuff from general goods store. I like to think that with every luck roll was after Drill said that, him getting closer and closer going, huh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> or him just being like, come on. <laughs> well, how many Raven Coins do we actually have? That's the question. We have enough. Oh, yeah, do we? we? Well, you should have told but, me that before I burned all my fucking oh. slots. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I was, I was ready <laughs> to help you. I was ready to throw in everything I could. Um, I thought you had it. I know. That was the, one of the best fails of the podcast, I'm just saying. That was. That was wonderful. <laughs> it couldn't have been any worse. Yeah. What are the three of you doing? <laughs> all right. So I see Drill trying to Hagger. Is it Hagger? Hey, the man. Haggle. Haggle. There it is. I, I see Drill... Just trying to haggle as best he can and just failing and then failing. And after the third time, I'm already reaching for the bag. And then after the fourth time, I've already uh, got a hundred pieces in my hand and given it to him. Very good. Very good. He pockets the hundred coins and he puts them in a bag. <laughs> he puts it in his pocket. He goes, okay, this make loud noise. Let me see something real quick. And he looks out the door. He opens his iPad, um, goes to the his door. IHop. He, he opens the the little door in um in the door to like look out like the eye socket to see like if anybody's in the streets and he goes 
Okay, okay, be safe, be safe. Go in closet. I'll be out here, making sure everything is cool. And he points to another door in the back of the room. He goes, you're going to appear probably somewhere like outside of a house. Be quick. Make sure you're not seen. It's going to be nighttime when you get there. Just so you know. This is also sudden. I was getting used to this place. Now we're just going to leave like that. I wasn't, I was not ready for this. All right. It was easy. So we go into the closet. How do we start this thing off? We could just do it here, right? <laughs> Minus, you're talking like we're about to do drugs. I, I, we just do it here. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this before. This is new to me. Who is using the lantern? <laughs> uh, it's probably well either Minus or Armos because I don't have one. So. All right, so this is just like the scroll, I right? It. I throw oh it on the God. ground. <laughs> There's no way. We are just putting our lives in the hand of Minus. Absolutely. Ogburn, bang. <laughs> okay, how do I like this? Pick up the fell Ogburn, and you begin to fill the lantern with oil. But then you see it has notches on there. And you hear click, click, and then flame erupts. Drell and Minus. Can you guys just roll me a d20 and tell me who gets higher? Okay. Is this the Patreon thing? <laughs> no. Maybe. Maybe. I got five. Uh, it's just a just a normal just a d20. Roll. Just a d20, yeah. High roll. Uh, eight. Great rolls. <laughs> Dude, I'm rolling so bad right now. It's insane. You pick up the oil and you fill the lantern. You light the lantern. And a fell og burn sparks a green flame and ignites within its glass panels. You turn the knob to increase its flame, and the surroundings begin to shift. The other end of the closet begins to transform as the old wood and thatched stone become revitalized as it's rapidly becoming younger and soon turns to porcelain. The realm shifts towards you as you feel like you're about to plane shift. As a large crash is heard from the other end of the room, boom! A large iron fist bursts through the walls and grabs Drell. His massive hand wraps around his torso and pulls him through the broken wall. Drell! Almost in minutes, as the realm shifts behind you, you go to reach for Drell. And as, as quick as he was snatched, the realm shift finishes and the broken wall closes up before your very eyes. The two of you bump into this white porcelain wall. Poof. As your hands begin to bang against the wall of your missing partner, the two of you feel water beating down on you like a shower. Oh, Drell, Drell, where are you? Really wish I used my luck point at that. <laughs> <laughs> The two of you are pressed up against the wall as you feel like you're in another closet type space, except everything's white and porcelain. The ground around you is wet. You feel the sensation of water and steam hits you and the air is fresher and you hear underneath you, uh, uh, like somebody's below you, shorter than you, Menace. Uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, you look down. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, <laughs> look down no. and you see a naked gnome covering himself oh, up, oh. holding a loofah with a soapy <laughs> bald head. It's Ken and Joe. <laughs> and <he's laughs> as happy as I was to see Kemi Joe, I knew we had to get back to Drell as soon as possible. This is what he told me happened on the other side. The last thing you remember was Armos igniting the fell Ogburn. 
and the world around you was beginning to plane shift back to the material plane. And before you were snatched through the wall by this iron gauntlet, in a moment of respite turned into complete chaos. You are ripped out of the backside of this building, the general store that you bought this lantern oil from. Roof. Ripped out, you are being held by the Iron Knight surrounding you. You are held in the middle of the air before you can even react. All you see is looking down about 20 feet. This Iron Knight is holding you up and there are dozens of Red Dawn guards surrounding the building. You see Zenko, the shady Kenku that sold you the oil is pinned down to the floor. And before your vision goes black as you are slammed to the floor, you see a spear going to the back of the Kenku's head, effectively killing him on the spot. The Iron Knight takes you in a moment of surprise, slams you down onto the floor and begins to pound on you and rain punches. Your vision blackens. You awaken in a cell. You are cold and the sounds of water droppings is all around you, almost like a cave. Dark and dingy and wet with little to no light. Only the flames outside of your cell barely illuminate your surroundings across from you there are more cells you definitely know that you are in a dungeon of some kind but the other cells are so dark you can't see into them nobody knows the trouble i've seen <laughs> and back to us as cammy joe yells the two of you <laughs> fall out through the shower oh, curtain fuck. as a naked Kemi Joe, who's conveniently covered in soap in all the right places, trying to hide his private bits. Artemis, help! Boom. The bathroom shower room door bursts open. A human standing around 5'10", 6 feet tall, clean shaven, bursts into the room. He looks like he's wearing guard armor, but with a Roman-esque style to it. His cape bellows as he stands, taking affirmative action in the situation. Lastly, he has a centurion helmet with a red mane, but along the bristles on the side of the helmet, it painted in yellow, says security. He draws the sword and he points it at you two. The sword has an engraving on it saying, fortune favors the bold in all caps. And he yells, loose the naked gnome or suffer at the hands of Artemis. Uh, my hands are just up. Uh, uh. Oh, uh, we don't want any trouble. Oh, uh, Cammy, is that you? What? 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 Oh, no way! Menace? Cammy! Oh, I give him a giant hug. <laughs> he he hugs you back with one hand, and his other hand is over his private. It's like, oh my god, it's been so long since I've seen you. What are you guys doing? We know him. We know him. We know him. Don't hurt us. We know him. Who who dare touches my naked companion? That's that's a weird way to say that. I was about to say, not me, not me. I'm just trying to get out of here. Just moving by. Uh, Reginald. He's like, uh. I didn't know Minus had a, a friend like that. Almost. Mm -hmm. This is new to me. Reginald, you know Kemi. <laughs> I don't recall. Who's Kemi? Who's Kemi Joe again? Oh my god, we'll talk about this later. Do you see Drell? Is he here? No. Who's Drell? No, I don't see Drell. Where is Drell? <laughs> and you look around. And Kemi's like hugging. He's like, oh my uh, god, Minus is I barely recognized you for a second. Oh my god, it's been so can I put on pants, please? 
Yes. Oh my God, oh. please. Yes. Okay, thanks. And he turns around and he goes back into the shower and he like rinses himself off real quick. And he puts his clothes back on. And while he's getting dressed, Artemis is looking at you. And he looks like he has like his armor looks very Roman-esque to the point where it looks like he's cosplaying a little bit because it's so out of pocket. <laughs> but he, he has his, uh, his helmet says security on it. And it also says security on the back of his bellowing cape. And he goes... How do you know my naked companion here? Uh, there's not a lot of time to explain. We met him back when he was doing some school project, okay? We helped him back in this cave. Oh, uh, cave, you say. Kemi, Joe, Joe. Let's just check out. And you see Kemi Joe come out. He's zipping up his pants and he goes, yeah, yeah, no, Artemis, he's, he's cool, man. He's cool. I promise. I promise. They cool. They cool. Where's the, uh, what's your third? Was there a bigger guy with you? Uh, Drell? That was his name, yeah. right? Yeah. Where's, where's yeah. Drell? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We saw something crazy happen when we were coming here. It's kind of a weird story. Uh, where are we? Well, one, actually, that's a really good segue. Why were you in the shower? And two, you're at, well, you're at the Sigic College. Oh, my gosh. It was then that we realized time moves a lot differently in Shadowfell. Kimmy Joe told us it had been nearly seven months since I last wrote to him. But of course, we didn't have time for that. We immediately got back to Shadowfell using the lantern and hunted for Drell, sneaking through the forge and finally made it to the courtyard. But while we were doing that, Drell was dealing with his own problems. Apparently, Bando Barros was in the cell next to him. He told the story of how he got captured and how he knew Drell's dad. But perhaps the most crazy thing is that Drell found a pet mimic. When do, when do we get mimics? Do we ever have mimics down here? Oh, I hate these things. Oh, you never seen, you never had a little house mimic before? They're common around here. And he picks him and he picks it up with his spear as he stabs Boxy. No. Oh. And Boxy begins to like squirm. And he throws Boxy into the middle of the dungeon cell floor. And the other guard uh, turns to you and drags you by your cloak. Go ahead and make me a, a contested strength check as he is now forcing you out into the dungeon floor. It's a six. He drags you out into the floor. Yeah, that's right. Pick on a little box. You piece of shit. Oh, is this guy? He, the guard kneels down as the other one is stabbing it with a spear. He goes, oh, is this? Did you make a friend down here? Did you Did you really think you could make friends down here? Well, well your mom just left, so I had to make another one. Oh, my mom just left. Oh, well, did you did you did you penetrate her like this? And he stabs you in the <laughs> oh, chest. Fuck, that's so good. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. God, that's a good one. Fuck. I was supposed to make the penetration joke next. You take nine points of damage as he stabs you in your in your abdomen with a short sword. You are now on the floor. You are now bleeding. As the other guard is stabbing this your pet mimic, as he's stabbing Boxy onto the floor, the guard that just stabbed you picks you up, and you see his face, and he is indeed a drow elf. And he pushes you all the way into the back of the dungeon hallway. Boom. You trip over iron chains. There are ball and chains on the floor. There are skulls on the floor as well. And there is a window right above you. It looks at the outside. It looks like it's looking outside of the mountain that the barracks is sitting on. And you can see a little bit of moonlight in the sky. And then you look back at the guard. And this guard is continuing to stab boxing over and over again. And it is flailing in pain. 
And in a last ditch effort, it looks at you, Drew, with its big, sad, doe, painful eyes. It tries to use its massive tongue to drag itself towards you, and it gets stabbed one last time as you see the light fade from its eyes. It begins to melt away into this purple ooze jello. And you look up and you see this guard standing over you and he stabs you again. He goes, we're not going to kill you just yet, but you will end up like your little friend there. And you look up through the little window and you see the moon shining <laughs> and you begin to rage. Can you describe this burning hot rage for me real quick, Drew? Well, <laughs> he kind of touched on it already for me, but... um. <laughs> You know, Adrell, first he had his horse, oh. and his horse was, you know, all of a sudden took him from him, and, you know, finally he thought he had another friend that was going to help him in need, and these, you know, one thing Drell hates probably the most in the world is a bunch of bullies, and two of them just took one of the closest things he could think of as a friend besides Minus and Armos. Um, away from him, like right in front of him. So he's definitely pretty pissed. As you gaze upon the moon, losing yet another companion, this fiery hot rage boils within you as your amber eyes turn blood red and the pupils begin to change from human to something lizard-like. As your nose become scaly with whiskers. Boom! The ground erupts and the dust covers the air. Drell, as the rage boils within you, you are staring at the moon and you transform again, but not into a tiny mouse. No, you turn into a massive beast standing at 50 feet tall. You burst what? through the dungeon ceiling. In and your head sticks out of the courtyard. Minus and Armos, you see this wide dragon head with mouse-like features, with red burning eyes, with short stubby arms, as this what large dragon rat-like body bursts <laughs> out of the ground with molten hot lava. Fire refused of electricity begins to drip out of his mouth and he stands up as this giant rat dinosaur like foot steps into the courtyard raging two massive hind legs with very short stubby hands standing at 50 feet tall and weighing two tons standing before you is Drell of the Jazgenborn as you hear slight notes slight jazzy saxophone notes coming out of his brass nostrils. And I nearly pooped my pants. I'm not joking, Mom. But if that wasn't crazy enough, Armos had to go slap that damn blood ore vein like he does with all of them. You hear a slight fuse among the chaos and boom, the firing of a cannon is launched from one of the towers and goes to hit Drell. With a 19, a massive cannonball hits you right in the chest, dealing 12 points of bludgeoning damage as you are shot with this cannonball right in your dragon rat chest. Armos, in gaseous form, looking at this giant dragon rat and Minus summoning, uh, eating a dragon pepper in the middle of a battlefield. What are you doing? So as I see the glutes of this crazy dragon rat in my face, 
I scan the battlefield to see what else is left. I hear a cannon go off, and I see Menace getting no. attacked. But just past Menace, I see... No. <laughs> Stab it. <laughs> the blood. The blood or... Armus <laughs> uh, is having a, 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 a fight within himself. He can't help it. And... Uh, yeah. I got away from him once. It ain't gonna get away from him again. It looks like these guys got it handled. He runs runs 30 feet to the or to try to smack it with his, his butt. <laughs> so you're gonna take an attack of opportunity here as there is a guard right next to Minus. What? And there's also Where? a giant dragon that would also get an opportunity attack because as we discussed, <laughs> I was right next to him, right? You are right next to him. Do you want to take, you can absolutely take an opportunity attack. Drill. Okay, okay, okay. I changed my mind, I changed my mind. I missed you step over there. Fuck you guys. Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Almost Misty steps 30 feet in front of the giant red ore vein, and he is going to. <laughs> takes out his tome, Reginald on his shoulder, going, Yes, finally. And as you smack the book into the blood ore vein, a giant red light flashes and blinds everybody in the courtyard for but a moment and just like before time stands still as almost you fall flat on your face after absorbing this blood or vein and as your body hits the dark cobblestone floor in this courtyard you are instantly teleported to this tall pedestal in the middle of a blood red ocean with waves crashing around with a long bridge that is currently being raised towards a dark silhouette of a castle way in the distance. The maroon clouds in the sky lightly cover a bluish tealish moon and in the center of the pedestal, just like before, is this bowl, this blood well where you have put your absorbed blood shards in many times before. Well, first, do I see the, the whale floating around? Hey, there it is. Okay. <laughs> what about the, the demon? Where, where's that guy? You do not see Reginald. Oh. Well, dang it. How far, how far is the bridge now? Does it look like before I do anything? Does it look pretty far? The bridge looks about halfway complete Ooh. from where you can gaze upon the pedestal. It is not completed yet. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that every time you put your tome that is fully charged right now yeah. because of the blood or vein, mm -hmm. the bridge becomes closer to that dark castle. Yeah. Alright. If I'm here, I guess, so I put my tome on the, is it pedestal? Yes, there's a, like, so the blood well in front of you kind of looks like a um, like a shallow bowl filled with blood. And you place your book and the book flies open as the pages shuffle to a specific spot within the tome. And it, this bluish tealish light Ooh. etherealizes from the blood well and shoots towards the moon. And as the moon absorbs this energy, you hear the sounds of souls lightly screaming in the distance. As the moon glows, and then you feel a presence behind you. Who's there? And as you go to turn around, this ruby red gauntlet rests upon your shoulder. Who knew this world had such talent? Keep this up, Armos, and you will be rewarded. What kind of reward? 
What are we talking about? What are you going to give me? You turn around, and in a dark cloak with its hood down is a tiefling. <laughs> slick back horns and black hair with golden eyes and black pupils. His horns are similar to yours, Armos. It is a maroon, blood-red tiefling, only covered up by a tattered-up black cloak, except the only thing that looks different. There are two things. One, he's much taller than you are. Son of a bitch. And two, his right arm turns into that ruby-red gauntlet that looks like it's made up of blood shards, the one that is on your shoulder. Mm. And he goes, keep this up, and you will be rewarded. I know I say this in every letter, Mom, but I am definitely starting to worry about Armos and his blood shard addiction. But that's a problem for another time. You see, we kept fighting the good fight. The Revenger showed up. Drell was getting beaten all over the place. I couldn't decide where to go. And Armos turned into an owl to fly up to fight this big tiefling boss up without us. And you can imagine with all of us spread around, that did not turn out very well. We're gonna move to initiative 10, which is the Revenger as he's getting uh, breathed on with his acid damage. And he is going to make an attack against you, Drell. But rather than coming at you with the greatsword, he's going to come at you with his giant fist. With an uppercut hitting with a 27, going to deal, wow, he max 29 points of bludgeoning damage as he gives you a straight uppercut to your dragon jaw. And as he's spinning from that uppercut, he's going to take his greatsword and lunge it to the balcony that Armos is standing on with this frog. Like a harpoon? Like a harpoon <laughs> as with a- What? Armos, what is your AC again? Oh, it's this one we clear. Wait. Towards Armos. Is that me? Mm -hmm. Oh. That's launching it at you. Why don't you tell me what you? What you What's the range on that yeah. thing? <laughs> what is your AC? Thirteen. <laughs> With a fifteen, this massive greatsword flies through the air like a harpoon, piercing the bottom of the balcony, jutting up right at your feet as you are going to take. Sounds like slashing damage to me. Sixteen points of slashing damage as it hurled its sword right in your direction as it looks like it's shifting focus. I feel like I stepped on a Lego and only take eight damage because I'm resistant. Drell, how much health, uh, how are you feeling right now? Um, well, you kind of breeze past that. Um, oh no. Because for the first time in 59 no. episodes of the no. DD 404 podcast, Drell is down. Oh no. As he delivers that uppercut, you get airborne from this uppercut to the jaw as you go below your hit points, getting knocked back into normal naked Drell form as you are now on the floor unconscious. But oh wait, that's right. Drell signed the book. So down he went and up he came. Drell in dragon rat form was going face to face after Minus and Armos have run up the tower to face some unknown threat. As frog croaks ribbit into the Shadowfell air, the Revenger has dealt a very deadly blow to Drell, effectively knocking him out of his rat dragon cursed transformation. Drop below zero HP. Drell will now need to make some death saving throws. Drell, as you fall from that fatal punch from the Revenger, you find yourself laying on cold cobblestone floor you open your eyes 
and you are no longer in Shadowfell in the courtyard, you see a blood red sky, dark maroon clouds and a blue tealish moon in the sky swirling with this mysterious energy. You feel a harsh wind blow through you as you stand up to find yourself on top of a pedestal tower over a blood red ocean. In the center of the pedestal is this bowl filled with blood in the shape of a well. There is a well beneath you. You're not almost. Any thoughts? <laughs> Sorry, dude. Oh, damn. Get the feeling like someone's in my house right now. <laughs> uh, I think it's just like, um, what the actual fuck? Uh, is this? Is this where Armos is from? Is this his home? Does he sleep up here? <laughs> As you gaze around, you do see this dark silhouette of a mysterious castle way in the distance, void of features, but you do see this partial bridge built going towards it. And then you hear somewhat of a deep, echoey, yet familiar voice. Hey, how's it going? And you look over to the side, and there is a massive demon covered in shadow, and all you can see is giant red eyes as he does not have any defining features, but you see seven wings flexing. Hey, uh, thanks for signing that book, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, did I mention that Armos polymorphed Calum, that uh, big tiefling boss guy, into a frog? Yeah. Yeah, he did that. Almost. I got a frog. You got a frog. All right. I see the net that Minus left on the ground, and I use it to tangle up and tie it so that uh, it's more of a like a kind of a bag I can put on my <laughs> my belt. <laughs> okay. How do you want to do this? How do I want to do this? Yeah, what because you you're trying. You're holding on to a frog that is desperately trying to get away from you. Mm. So you're trying to also use Minus's net. Yes, it's so, a bit of a concentration. So what are you gonna do? I'm gonna leave the net on the ground, mm -hmm. put the frog in the net, and then scoop up the net from there. Like Santa on Christmas. Give me a sleight of hand check. God, I sent Dan a DC. Go ahead and roll me a sleight of hand check of what you need to beat. So I have to do a sleight of hand check. Yes, to see if you can put a very slippery, wriggling frog that you're trying to hold on to into a net. Yes. It's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> you go to put the frog in a net, and as you go to wrap him up, he leaps away from you, and he leaps 10 feet away. We are going to move to initiative 20, which is now the newly free frog as it's going to take 10 feet because it's feeling quite froggy. It goes and it goes as it leaps 10 feet away from you and then use the rest of its mood to get under the table. <laughs> We're going to move to initiative 19 minutes out on the balcony. I'm coming, drill! And I use a dash action and jump off the balcony. Uh, how much do I fall? I fall... 120 feet. Well, not in one turn. It would be... I would fall... 30 God, feet? I think. Um, right? Yes. Because I, I, I go 20 feet off of the balcony and start falling 30 feet? Yes. Do I fall faster than I... Than uh, you would just normally move? No, everything falls at the same rate. This is stuff we learn in basic science. Man. That's what I thought. I just, it's D&D &D <laughs> world, okay? What hits world. the ground faster, a pound of bricks or a pound of feathers? I fall 30 feet, and is there... How, how far am I away from the ground? Uh... About 90 feet. Cool. Hold on. It gets better. Minus free falling yep. through the sky. Woo! <laughs> so this you is where we get into fall math. 
um, an additional 60 feet. So yeah, so since I chose to dash coming off, do I just follow that same velocity during my turn, but don't use an action to do it? You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, it's basic science we learned as a kid, right? No. Yes, yeah, it's science. <laughs> uh, so I go down 50 feet and like five feet over, 10 feet over. How far am I going over? Rules of falling. Uh, oh, no. Uh, so the rule of falling is that when you fall, you instantly descend 500 feet. But that's feet. falling. He jumped off. Yeah. It's the same <laughs> when you're in the air, I would say. No. I'm going to say this turn, That's you fall weird. to the ground. Yeah, uh, it, there's no like solid rule on it. You fall to the ground. that you. Okay, but I, I can use an action before I fall, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. As you fall, you may take an action yes. this turn. So yes. as I'm falling, you hear, so you see Minish jump off. You hear him go, Drell, catch! And I want to throw my javelin towards Drell to catch with my action. You're going to use Disadvantage. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you're going to make me uh... I'm trying to hit I'm trying to like hit it hit my target, you know what I mean? Like above his head. Yeah, so you Minus, you're going to roll to hit to see if you can land the javelin where you want it to go and then Drell's going to okay. make me an athletics check to try to catch it. <gasps> Disadvantage. DC okay. 12. Okay. Get to re-roll that. <laughs> uh, I got a 28. To hit the space above his head. So you see me just go, throw catch. I throw the javelin, and just before Menace goes to hit the ground, I use a bonus action swarm to start floating. You're such a metagaming piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of like it's kind of like a roller coaster. So like my little sits catch me in like a curve, and I kind of go (laughs) into floating on the ground. These, as mysterious as they come, you see all these sit fly out of pockets and nooks and crannies of all this cracked stone within the fortress and they come out and they swoop you and quail you as you levitate at the last possible moment. Drell, make me an athletic check to see if you catch the javelin. Oh my god, please. <sighs> the javelin whizzes by uh. your head. <laughs> what did you roll? You rolled a nine. An eight or a nine. You're telling me within you're oh, telling me with man. how well he threw it. <laughs> a nine doesn't catch it. Got an inspiration die? <laughs> So he threw it right on target. It was you. Yeah, he doesn't get advantage. No, absolutely (laughs) not. It's a cool moment. It's a very cool moment. It's technically kind of impossible to do, but it's a very cool moment. It's (laughs) D&D. I have have two empty luck point spots, but I'm pretty sure I burned all of them. You rested once you got into the, I mean, technically. Yeah, he said you got resting benefits. Oh. Coming out of the present. So you do have the luck points if you want to use them. Okay. Well, then, yes, I'm definitely going to use that. And that also needs a action surge. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm going to use a luck point to try to catch this javelin again. I'm going to use another luck point to try to catch this javelin. In what world? That's two now ones in a row. Oh, my God. Then I'm going to use. <laughs> Can I know what the DC is, please? It's, just... it's 12. <laughs> Dude, and the thing is, I have a plus fucking eight to athletics. Yeah. So I, I literally have to roll a four or higher, and that's a 24. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. I felt like this was me trying to catch Menace, that frog. As you chuck this javelin in midair, you see Drell go, oh, oh, oh. And he's, like, trying to catch it, like, <laughs> multiple times. Like, oh, I got it. <laughs> and you catch um, this javelin. You're like, oh, first try. And you you now have Minus's <laughs> Javelin. Yep, that's right, Bomb. He got it on the first try. It was the most elegant thing I've ever seen. 
But as elegant as that was, the Revenger was really giving us a tough time. As the air is now suddenly filled with this dark, foggy cloud that just comes out of his armor as the flames erupt inside of him. If you can hear those engine noises. Berthy and Sully both failed as they take 46 points of damage. Sully is like, you see Sully start choking and he's like down on one knee, but he's not down. Berthy inhales the smoke, drops. Um, so also after Trell uh, tries to cover his mouth and inhales, he looks back over at Menace and says, I'll see you later. And he drops as well. No. <laughs> yeah, for real. Cue the clown music, dude. Armos, <laughs> as the cries for Armos over the cloud of death emits from the courtyard, we see Armos wrangling with the frog. Yeah. Okay, okay, wait. What if we do like a bunny knot with the net? No, Luke. Luke, loop and pull. Yes, it is your turn. All right. I immediately shoot. Uh, uh, Reginald look glaring at him and as I look back to the frog my eyes are red as a, and a smirk comes on my face I pull the frog in close and tell, tell him you fucked with the wrong person while having magic hand I walk to the edge of the cli- uh, the spot where he was standing initially shooting arrows at us I use magic hand to hold him way up high over the everyone else that's uh, down below as I sh- You know how polymorph I, works, right? Yes, yes I do. As I shoot him with Eldrick Blast while up in the air, 30 feet away from the, the ledge. You're shooting him or you're shooting the knight? I'm shooting the frog. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so, so if you, as soon as I hit him with the first poly or the first bit of damage, it will untake him out of polymorph. He's gonna fall uh, 150 feet and take that amount of damage. One d six per ten feet of damage. Yeah, you absolutely. Yep, yeah. Yes, you are right. Um, okay, so he'll take one d six per Am ten feet. No, it's, you're right. I'm sick of fucking with this frog. <laughs> I can do so much more. <laughs> you, the mage hand flies out over the corner <laughs> as the frog is like, ribbit, 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 and you shoot it with an Elgic Blast. Because it's your mage hand, I'm not going to let you roll to hit. I'm going to say you hit with both of them because you have complete control of the situation. You're going to go ahead and roll for damage. Okay. Oh, automatic crit. I like it. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> so it should shoot him up 10 more feet every hit, by the way. Yes. Roll! <laughs> yeah. That was what. That's why I did. Eldrick Blast does something for Drell rather than against so Drell. The first one did ten, Jesus. and then the second one did seven. <laughs> the frog hanging from the mage hand. The first Eldrick Blast hits, knocking it back ten feet. Upon impact, taking that ten damage, turns back into the white tiefling, getting hit with the second Eldrick Blast. Gets launched up an additional 10 feet taking 7 points of damage as it begins to fall as he falls he looks at you with his black pupils as he falls 150 feet he's going to take 1d6 per 10 feet 
which is 15d6. Ow. As this white tiefling falls from the sky, he lands and creates a small crater for himself, dealing an additional 59 points of damage as he crashes onto the floor. And is not prone. He is not prone. Absolutely. It's probably not the right way to do it, but it's too fucking cool. Once I came up with the idea, I was like, you know what? It's gotta, it's gotta happen. The white tiefling falls and is knocked prone, receiving 59 points of damage. We're gonna move to initiative 20, which is the white tiefling, and he gets up. Using half of his movement, he gets up, and he cracks his neck, he cracks his shoulders, he stretches out, he rolls his shoulders back, and he looks up at you almost, and then he looks at the surroundings, and then he draws both of his rapiers because he no longer has his bow, and he is going to get into the fight. He's going to use the rest of his movement to climb up on top of the climb on top of the pedestal that's in the middle of the courtyard, the same pedestal, the same platform where the blood shard was that almost absorbed. And he's going to move there for his turn. We're going to move to initiative 19 uh, minutes. Hey. As you now see this pale tiefling joining the fight. Cool. <laughs> um, yes. I'm going to pick my rapier back up and use a disengage action. Okay, perfect. Uh, uh, I guess I'm going to go to the southwest corner of the map. And I'm going to pet Sid and be like, Sid, save our buddy. And then I'm going to use Melora's aura to healing word Drell for 11 points of health. So you're back up, buddy. You see Sid gather all of his holy energy as Armos is looking over the ledge like, oh shit. Sid's going, me, me, me. And you are focusing on Drell through the necrotic, through the necrotic fog. And as the spell goes off, you see Sid fades as if the spell suddenly stops. You look over to the pale tiefling and he goes, counter spell. Oh, that's where we're going to end today's session. No, Fuck off. No. No. Damn. No. Oh. It was a rough counter spell, I'll admit, but we stayed in the fight. I got Drell back up the next chance I could, though Berthy was not so lucky. While almost focused on this other tiefling, I distracted the Revenger, giving Drell enough time to get his equipment back. On top of the barrack southwest tower, I fought with the spirit of our ancestors. After several traded blows, the outcome was certain. I'm just multi-attacking this guy. Uh, 22 for the first. That will hit. And then the next definitely hits. So I hit him twice with my silver rapier for 12 points of damage. And maybe there's a chance. Maybe. I'm going to use my one of my swarm abilities after hitting with an attack to try and shove. You know, it's a DC 14. Or it gets shoved 14 feet, uh, 15 feet off of this dang building. So maybe it'll roll it out one, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to do that as you slash down with your rapiers and it begins to react to your weapons. It reacts to the attack and it begins to grow bigger and larger as you're slashing down and it erupts as green flame goes everywhere like a giant massive explosion. I need you to roll me dexterity saving throw as this as the revenger blows up man i was gonna kick it off and it wasn't gonna explode on me this is shadow 
Oh my god, that is terrible. 14. You are going to take 20 points of fire damage as this thing explodes in your face. I'm gonna use a reaction then. I'm gonna use <laughs> I'm gonna use absorb elements to have it in store uh store oh. that fire into my blade. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. As this flame and mental explodes at second level. You take 10 points of flame damage, and a giant crater is left on the side of the tower of where the Revenger once was. He's officially slain. Awesome. I'm going to use the rest of my movement to jump down <laughs> off of this building and bonus action float and land. You jump. <laughs> as this thing's exploding, you absorb half of the damage, and you jump <laughs> off with your swarm going, yay! Uh, an epic yeah, explosion. Fire coming behind me. <laughs> and that is where we're going to end this week's session. Uncommon! Oh, nice. Oh, my God. As you jump from the tower, you are saved from your swarm. Um, all right. So I'm going to take uh, my dash action. And since I'm small, I can just kind of squeeze between Drell and Sully here. I'm going to dash forward with uh, a dash action to this tiefling and then use my bonus action attack for my charger feet to hit him and increase the damage if I do hit him. That is uh, 25 to hit. That will hit. Awesome. Damn. Even with such a high AC, you guys are just making work of this dude. So that's uh, 7, 5. So that is 12 points of damage from that attack. And then 6 points of fire damage. And two for my swarm. Minus, finish him. Oh! Nice. <laughs> Not expecting that. He's in trouble when... In two turns. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that charger feet. Oh, my God. People sleep on charger feet, man. If used right, it can save you because you, oh, you force man. them to engage you, you know? So, Damn, I don't awesome. even want to think of the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, obviously, I... I kill this uh, fire elemental from the top and I uh, jump off collecting the fire sweeping down again like a roller coaster I tumble down with my swarm I'm like move and Miss is like uh, just yelling all the way through and then and then just like up through the chin with fire into this tiefling you <sighs> Drell, almost as you see Minus dash through the battlefield in an unexpected blaze of glory, this raging bull, you swear to yourself in disbelief of what you just saw, as if your eyes deceived you, a full-sized running bull right before <laughs> your very eyes, just <laughs> from a fiery blaze of glory that just erupted from the tower knock in to this tiefling and the tiefling gets cut up and knocked back 10 feet and he is still somehow standing as he is just bleeding and gushing and he as he holds his wound as his the blood pours from his tummy I love how this is such an epic scene and he's like he's bleeding from his Tummy. <laughs> it's like yeah. grasping at his stomach as blood drips through his fingers, looks down at his wound, and stares back up as his black eyes stare distantly into you. 
And then he looks towards Armos. And he says in a deep, echoey voice, I should have killed you long ago when I had the chance. His pale skin begins to bubble from this lower part of his body as the pale white skin looks to retract up into his torso to the top of his body to behind his head as if his white skin was trying to go behind him. As his white skin was trying to go behind his horns, showing a more naturally red red tiefling skin tone. His black pupils turn normal as he stares at Eumenes as the sense of all of his power has just faded from him. I should, I should have killed you. His eyes explode out of the back of his skull as if a fireball is ignited within inside his head. Onto the floor, several of his teeth and tongue slaps against your body. <laughs> his headless body falls to the floor. My back half looks fine. Yeah, you I'm were breathing just very heavily, and I turn around. <sighs> oh my god! It. And I just put a fist in the air. <laughs> yeah. So who is this guy? Because <laughs> we never got his name. <laughs> Armos, you know this guy? <laughs> uh, did his horns, like, when they popped off, the Armos would have been eyeing those crystal gems after to see if he could, uh, tra like, track them down. So when he his head essentially like exploded, you go over to like examine the body and you see that the shards that were in his horns was was what caused the explosion and essentially imploded in on itself. Mm. You like really examining it, you can come to the conclusion that those gems that he had are similar to what your tome is. Yeah. And that was it effectively being destroyed. Gotcha. And as he explodes and you guys take a moment of respite, as things seem to calm down, you also notice that the sounds of swords clashing suddenly stop from beyond the walls as some squawk, like squonking, honking type cheering from the Kenkus beyond the wall. Ah, ah, they dropped! They dropped! They dropped! As you hear the sounds of Kenkus rejoicing beyond the wall. Um... In this moment, can I go over and stabilize Sully? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Sully is currently knocked down. What are you doing? Um, so, I mean, I don't really have, I don't, it's like, uh, wow, damn. <laughs> I'm about to use my potion on him and be like, uh, damn, is there any <laughs> other ways we can maybe help him? And I, got, I just I look this. in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I look in the corner of Menace out of the corner of my eye. I got I this. You, I, I knew you were busy and everything, Menace, but. No, 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 no. No, we got to take care of this. All right, all right. Uh, I, I, got, I picked up a healer's kit uh, uh, when we were in uh, 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 the winery. Uh, okay. And I use my uh, healer's kit. I usually use my healer's kit to stabilize uh, Sully. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you go ahead and use one of your usages of the healer's kit and you stabilize Sully as Sully becomes groggy as you sew up his wounds. Make quick work of that and he's got bandages like around his head and his cuts and stuff now. Use like an entire roll of gauze to uh, cover yeah. his stomach to wrap it around. I'm going to say from the size of him, you have to use two uses because he's you have to use like way yeah. more stitches and way more bandages because he's a giant. Oh, well, did we do it? Yeah, you did good, buddy. 
Yeah, you did good. You did good. Uh, All right, Troll. Make sure he's it. doing okay. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> and then I, I immediately rush over to Berthy to try and do the same thing. You rush over to Berthy, and when you roll over his body, his tongue falls out. Mm. Sure enough, you know he is dead. Oh my god. You yeah. see Sully, like, slowly walk over. Oh, Berthy, we did it. We did it. Berthy? He sees you kneeling over his body. And he goes, Berthy? Berthy? Uh, and he, like, tries to put, he tries to nudge him with his giant finger. His body is just falling limp. Oh, no. Oh, wait, hold Arbos, on. Arbos, hold you on. have one of those spell potions? Arbos, I need, I need something. I don't, uh, we don't have any more juice. And you see, I'm, I'm like rubbing two SIDs together. And they're like, I'm trying to do like defibrillators with SIDs, <laughs> SID juniors. But they're not working because I'm at a uh, level three spell slots. Bergy? Uh, Arbos, Arbos, tell me you got one of those potions. Come on, man. Uh, let me look. I'm looking. Okay, so it's the really good one. No, it's not. A, he doesn't need a healing potion. He needs a mana potion. If yeah, you if you one. have a mana potion. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got those. Uh, you do you have those? Yeah. So I give you one. Oh, sick. <laughs> and Menace chugs that down, and I'm gonna get one <laughs> third level slot back, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and. Revivify him. Can you read me what Revivify does? So this is this is where it's gonna get a little dicey. So, heh. Um, so uh, you touch a you touch a creature that has died within the last minute. So we do have that covered. Um, and the creature returns to life with one hit point. Um, the spell can't return to life a creature that has died of old age, nor can it restore any missing body parts. But I think the issue here is that. I have 300 gold pieces. I'm wondering if I could make a religious check because I'm, when I got the spell, I don't, I never like got diamonds or anything. I'm wondering if I can like make a religion check or something. So yes, that is true. One, actually, no, you have an arcane focus, so you don't need spell components. I don't think. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, with Sid. Your feather. Oh, that's right. Your feather is your that's clerical right. arcane focus. Yeah. Yeah, my my feather is up in my up in my mohawk yeah yeah so i take that potion and i i speak to melora i like to think and he's just like not again not again please not again please not again Birdie, wait, wait, okay okay let's try it i've never done this guys i've never done this so just step back okay give me some space and he goes and rubs the sits together like face to face Melora, Melora, give me your <laughs> And I cast Revivify now that I have the slot at third level. And hopefully that actually worked. As you take these SIDs like a defibrillator, <laughs> they can barely speak as you're rubbing them so fast. And you put it to Bertie's chest. And Bertie jumps up as if he just got shocked. He goes, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> and his chest is coming out of his of his cloak. He's like, <laughs> I saw the I saw the Raven Queen. Oh my god. I saw the Raven Queen. Oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And I hug him to give him a cure wounds. He throws up. <laughs> yeah, he throws up on my back like a baby and he gets 14 points of health back as I'm Why? hugging him. Why are you covered in blood? 
It's okay, we took care of the bad guys. Sully's like, took care of the bad guys. And he picks both of you up and he's, he's hogging you and he's swinging you left and right. He goes, Hey, go. uh, uh, throws up uh, again. Now I'm throwing up. Uh, uh, I'm so happy. Uh, 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 Alright, he jumps up and down and the, the damaged walls begin to shake uh, around you. Armo slew the body. Uh, 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 <laughs> mm, I, I leave them to, uh, you know, happy the birthies up with a smile on my face. I walk over to the, the tiefling to figure out who the heck this guy was. You walk over, Reginald. He's like looking with you. He goes, huh. You ever get like deja vu? You know, when you feel like you've killed somebody before. Mm -hmm. And you're taking a look at him and you're trying to put two two together. Like, make me a history check. History. Oh, I'm really good at history. 18. You do remember who he was, but you remember, uh, as you're not suffering from amnesia anymore, in in these memories that you've had returned back to you, where you were before you ended up where you are today, in these flashbacks of doing shady dealings, trying to learn spells, meeting with shady characters, you actually know who this was. And this is somebody um, named Calum. This was the person who gave you the bad information on how to summon something from Bayloon rather than giving you the information to summon back uh Layla he gave you the information to summon a demon effectively tricking you to bringing something over to this world and he was the guy who transferred that information to you this motherfucker <laughs> um interesting wait uh okay then how does that work with okay well I can can't ask him any questions when he doesn't have a head. Yeah, he doesn't have a head. I mean, that is true. That's questions too. I would assume you need a mouth. Yeah. I really think I found my purpose, Mom. With this group, with this power, I feel like I can do so much good in the world. I really hope I'm making the clan proud with these stories. I really hope that Father will accept me when I return. Although, I've got to say, I, I've lived my whole life for the clan, it is nice to find my own path outside of it. When I return, I really do hope that I can share this new knowledge, this new wisdom with everybody. With you, with Flora, even Miranor, even Father. I... I'm just so happy that I can save people now. It... It was a struggle before, but... I do think I'm finding the way. Although we couldn't save everybody. We did go back down into the rubble where Drell was imprisoned. And well, that's where we found Bando. You noticed that the area of the dungeon he was in was collapsed in on and Bando Bars was in the cell across from him. And as you examine the rubble, you see the hand of a halfling sticking out. Drill over here! Drill over here! I'm lifting rubble. <laughs> you sense, as you as you get closer to the hand, you see your feather that you have begins to glow, it begins to faint, and you feel a religious connection to Bando Baris. You feel this, this, how you feel towards him, the feeling you get next to his 
corpse is the same feeling you get when you're next to Melora. However, this moment is fleeting. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, I'm getting as much rubble as I can. Draw help! Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, as I'm going through the rubble, I'm casting, like I'm holding onto his arm now. I'm like, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. You're not dead. 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 And I cast uh, Cure Wounds, I suppose. Um, You cast Cure Wounds and you try to heal him, but it is rendered ineffective. I cast Spare the Dying. He is for sure dead. However, the moment you're feeling isn't um, that of somebody magical. You're feeling like you're next to a god. Mm. And the god the god is dead, and his, his aura oh. is now leaving his body. And as you dig it out through the rubble, um, and you find it, you see Bandabaris is now dead. And as you look at his body, he's also just covered in a cloak and scraps of clothing. And as the life force drains from his body, only you can see what's happening to him, like to his skin is that you're starting to see these tattoos being revealed along his chest. And these are in fact like holy runes. And you could tell with a nat 20 that these runes were magic dampening runes to hide his to hide his presence and as the tattoos reveal themselves his body begins to glow and slowly dissolve into the light you have you have the feeling like you've never witnessed anything like this before but you feel like you just watched a god die oh oh man i think i think Alara was right drell you remember that thing she said uh you're gonna have to refresh my memory we told her the name and she said she didn't know anyone else but a god by that name oh rest easy bando i'll see you again someday i get up and i walk down the rubble and then i scream ah, 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 drill a mimic ah! i see the corpse of the mimic i'm like oh, drill look out you see the jelly of the pseudopod just like ah. yeah no <laughs> Cast another revivify Minus. Pick, <laughs> I pick it up and I like put it in Minus's face. <laughs> Minus, please. What? What do you mean? It was my only friend. Uh, okay, revivify. Cast in. Spare the dying. Spare the dying. Spare the dying. The goo just <laughs> seeps through Drell's hands. No. Um, uh. <laughs> so when Mimic dies, it doesn't fully retain its form because Mimics are essentially yeah. just purple goo. But like, there's like some, like of its like baby jaw and it's like some parts <laughs> of its tongue and like one of his eyeballs is like yet to dissipate. It's like, Bleh. why is the world so cruel? <laughs> Cut to outside the hole. You just hear, what are you doing? What are you doing? Drow, oh my God, why is this Mimic? Why do you like this Mimic? <laughs> Cut to Armos <laughs> now looking up at the... <laughs> Armos, you fly to the perch. And as you fly up, you're able to get a better view of the city. And what you see in Raven's Rest are a bunch of Kenkus rejoicing as there are a lot of dead Red Dawn Guards and there are some being slain on the spot. You see that the dead Red Dawn Guards look like empty armor on the floor, making the connection that when Kalem died, this pale tiefling, that a lot of these soldiers may have been undead that were revived or some type of necromancy that was under his control. 
and it looks like the ones that were actual members of the Red Dawn are being fended off because there's a lot more of the undead soldiers than there was, and they were able to get an advantage once you killed them, effectively maybe freeing the city from its grasp for now. So, I don't notice anything else, I just kind of notice them celebrating, is that correct? Yeah, uh, and you okay. land on this perch and you are back in the war room. Can I empty out the chest onto the floor? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then uh, I'll take the uh, the things that I can carry. So I'll have the bow and then the papers and the scroll for now. And then... Uh... I light my talkie torchy. <laughs> <laughs> Almost your talkie torchy comes up. Ah. No, Drell. Drell, I, I can't save it, Drell. I tried. Uh, Armos, where are you? Please, please. He's my uh, best I'm, friend. I'm sorry, okay? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Armos. <laughs> I'm up in you, the... I'm up in the, uh, uh, the top. I'm up at the top. What? What's going on down there? Um, it is well revived by my best friend. Oh my gosh, I tried! <laughs> I'm out of spells! Why did we waste it on Berthy? Berthy, can I say it just in earshot of Berthy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Uh, yeah, we found Bandabaris. I think, uh, I think Alara was right. I think he is actually a god, but, uh, we'll talk about that later. Are you like, uh, did you go up to the top? Yes. Grab all the stuff down there, and you're going to want to see this up here. Okay, okay, coming up. Torch out. Torches go out. And up to the war room we went to get our spoils. We found some blacksmithing hammer, something that's meant to, like, turn these acrylic shards into, like, really good purified blue shards or something like that. I don't know the full details, but there was lots of cool loot. I think Drell got a hammer. Armos got some cool stuff. I got a new rapier. And basically, we ended up finding the portal that leads to, you know, the normal world. But there was another portal in the war room that started bubbling. Mm. Oh. Three of you walk back in to the main war room and the portal that's on the wall catches your attention as it begins to bubble and boil and the green portal turns red then translucent. A person at shoulder height appears. Excuse me? A person at shoulder height appears. A face of an older man with gray deathly skin tone bald with a bushy unruly beard. His eyes are covered with black war paint in a Rorschach style pattern. His eyes are closed. On his shoulder, resting, grinning, is a tiny devil toad with sharp, crooked horns. <gasps> oh shit. In an old voice. Uh, how interesting. You never cease to amaze me. Armos Van. And you instantly recognize who this is. Uh -oh. This, for a fact, is Vero Grimgar. <gasps> the leader of the Red Dawn. The one you heard stories about and have only seen in passing with his devious deeds, countless betrayals against uh, the people he worked with outside of the Red Dawn clan. Vero, he's an old, decrepit man, and you instantly recognize him, and you know for a fact that on his shoulder is Ritz Gulak, just mm. appearing a bit smaller, resting, and he has this dark grin. He is leering at you, and he's smiling, and he's the frog is like laughing as the devilish croaks are taunting you. 
I, I pull my rapiers out and get yeah. them ready. I'm ready to pounce. Get those finger guns ready, Armos. Who is this guy? Not one to mess around with. Three of you have just made the top of the list. The pattern of disrespect you show me is growing quite annoying, especially taking out one of the council brothers. This will not go unpunished. You three are my main objective, and it is open seasons, and we will have your heads. And as he seeds and seems to like soak up his old man spit, Ritzgulak on his shoulder talks to you, Armos, and looks at Reginald. Goes, I will have your wings, Nelfash. And Reginald comes back at him and he goes, Yeah, I'd like to see you try, you worm. And the two begin to bicker in a language unrecognizable. This language is unknown, but Armos. But Armos, you understand it somehow. This is that mysterious language that you heard in Bayloon. This like ancient demon language that is unbeknownst to anybody. And you know, you can understand them because you have a pact with Reginald. And you're saying the most unruly, high, like most sailor talk you've ever heard in your life. You don't think anybody can ever curse as these two are constantly cursing at each other right now. And they're just going back and forth. From the other side of the table, I just yell, Armos, who even is that guy? <laughs> we're not, he, we're on his list. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> He's at the top of mine. Uh, man. Joe flips him the bird. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, um, you big man. And he points his bony old finger to the portal. And it seems to get much larger the closer he gets to it. He goes, I will wear your beard as a hat. Huh. And he smiles through his crooked teeth that are filled with filled and riddled with holes. I am going to send everything I have at you. I am going to collect your skin and use them as rugs in my throne room. When this world is covered in red, I will have your souls trapped within a lantern in my throne room. And I will laugh every night and pretend to weep and care every morning. And I will torment your souls for eternity. For when he is brought back to us, I will be granted eternal life in which to torment the three of you with. You think that you're going to stab the devil in the back and get away with it? Don't even worry about what you're sending at us. Just worry about we're us coming to you. Yeah, especially after we long rest. Yeah, not now. God no, not Yeah, now. I feel kind of tired right now. But <laughs> when, we, when we get our stuff together, we're coming after you, buddy. Who's this, Armos? Tell them all. Whoever comes. Whatever it is, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Uh, Eldrick blast the scribe thing just to emphasize it even more. You bl you shoot a blast and he laughs at you and he goes, <laughs> I stab you in the back. I stab you in the front too and get away with it. I will have your acrylic shard and finish the bridge myself. 
and he begins to drool as he does this weird, heavy old man breathing. <sighs> Sleep with one eye open, Armos, because I will have your soul and your horns and be blessed in a crystal's light. And the portal bubbles and then implodes in on itself. Yeah, I don't like that guy one bit. But don't worry about that guy, Mom. We're going to take care of it. I promise. So while you guys go down to the portal, you actually see Sully and Berthy kind of near the guard entrance. And they have like this giant crate that looks like they busted open. And it's filled with papers, specifically letters. Um, and he's, he's shifting through them. And you see like Berthy's like, son of a bitch. They, got it. they didn't even send any of these. And it's filled with letters that they never mailed out like they said they were going to and mm. he's like pulling all the ones that he's made and he doesn't see any of the care packages he just has all the letters and uh he goes they never sent down any of these who are you trying to send these to uh you see at birth he's like looking down solemnly at um the stack of letters he goes ah i was trying to send them to my son um i haven't seen him in who knows how long and uh you know his mother wanted to go somewhere outside Shadowfell. I don't know, something about like the moon bothering her and stuff. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's always been home here, despite how terrible and nightmarish it is. But, you know, that's what can cankers do. But uh, she, she wanted a better life for her son. So I try to write to her. And, uh, yeah, looks like he never got any of it. Menace is trying to hold it together and not cry. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm we could so just. Sorry. I mean, it might be kind of late, but. I mean, we could just take him to a post office on the other side and mail him out now. Uh, we'll take care of it, Berthy. We'll mail it for you. That's amazing. Really? Would you? You do that? Yeah. Wow. Of yeah, course. I mean, why not? Anything for family. <laughs> I was going to say, Berthy, you're going to have a lot on your plate here in a short period of time. Everything here is uh, all the guards are gone. You're going to need to help rebuild this place. This place is definitely a lot better than Husk, but uh, man, my shop is there. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is a better place to, to restart. Be, it's one more protected against the Sour Sworn, anyway. You know, speaking of that, Armos looks at, <laughs> Drell looks at Armos. Pay the man. <laughs> not, <laughs> obviously not in the gold, but in the Raven Coins. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to need them where we're going. I feel like Soli and Berthy, you know, could probably use him better here. Love that. Uh, wait. <laughs> Just the Raven coins that we have, because I mean, I don't think we're gonna need them. Harvest is like, we'll need them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't have to give them all of them. Like, you all just right. give them whatever you think. I give him a hundred and twenty. Hey, he looks at the coins and go, "Wow, are you sure?" And Sully goes, "Oh, that's a lie. I only ever made six of those since I've been here. I don't know where they went though. Weird." <laughs> oh, that was really hard for those. Yeah. Benji takes the <laughs> coins uh, and he goes to hand you guys this one letter. He doesn't like bother you with all the other letters. He, ha he hands you his most recent one. And he goes, uh, give him this one. This one was uh, probably the most important out of them. Send it to Holbeck. Uh, his name's Benji. Uh, it's my son. All right. Uh, yeah, we can do that. And uh, I pick up my letter. Oh, those sons of bitches. 
I put it in my pack <laughs> so I can mail it. Yeah, when I get it takes back. you like a minute to like cipher through everything, and you're like, it's a good envelope. <laughs> put it back. <Yeah. laughs> Not gonna waste an envelope. I do. <laughs> are, are there any envelopes? Extra envelopes? Do they have just some empty envelopes I can grab? There are no, no there aren't empty envelopes. I mean, you could probably grab a few if you'd like. I mean, there's like a whole yeah. bunch of like piles of letters there that they never mailed out. Yeah, I, I pick up some stationery, some uh, vintage uh, Shadowfell stationery, <laughs> and okay. put it in my pack. <laughs> you find some of the worst quality paper you've ever seen in your life. You feel like just by holding it, you feel like you're gonna rip through it. Um, so you pocket some of that and, uh, yeah. So what are the three of you doing now? All right. Well, Hey, it was uh wonderful meeting you two. I'll I'll write to you. Don't worry. I'll, I'll be writing to you. And, uh, Hey, if you see the, if you see chatty, uh, just, uh, try and keep him safe. Uh, I don't know if his, uh, parents made it out. So, you know, just take care of that kid. Yeah. I will try to find him and, uh, he'll be good now. Thank you. Thank you. Um, appreciate the help. He headbutts you as a sign of respect. Oh, we do this back home. I headbutt him back. <laughs> but I've never headbutt someone that was like the same size as me. So I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, it's much better than my dad doing it. So he goes, headbutt. And he tries to headbutt you, Drill. <laughs> Drill unluctantly headbutts him back. I don't, I don't, I just fall backwards through the portal. <laughs> he just T-pose <laughs> rolling. He just trust falls with no one behind him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess it's time to go. All right, Drell, let's get going. Hey! Hi. And I jump through the portal. See ya! Oh, those are nice guys. And that's the last thing you hear from, from Sully. As the three of you go through this portal, and you appear on the other end. Diagonally. You appear in this giant cave room. And now we're all caught up, Mom. Safe and out of Shadowfell. I'm really excited to hear what happened in the past. Gosh, since we've come out, I'm sure there's been even more time that's passed. I'm guessing there's been about a year, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing everything, all the stories about what happened back home, and what Father's been up to even. What you've been up to, what kind of baked goods you've been working on, you know? I, I want to hear it all. But... I'm going to get some well-deserved rest now. Oh, actually, hold on. I, I think I hear something at the uh, foot of the cave here. I'm going to go check that out real quick. You notice a familiar face at the entrance of the cave. A small furry friend with a satchel across oh. from him. It is this fox mixed with a red panda fella. Mm. This ash tree that you met many moons ago. And across his sash where he has his... um. Mailman's satchel is the FFCS, as you remember, is the far-fetched courier service. And he uh, comes in and he goes, Ah, yes, I am looking for a minus a pebble walker. Yes. Uh, is there a minus a pebble walker here? Yes. How did you find me? <laughs> ah, yes, it is one of the many talents of the FFCS. Um, uh, we are, uh, if you, uh, you know, we are hired by uh, a by the Far Fist Curious Service. Uh, they use our uh, very detailed magical expertise to track down um, recipients of mail, and we give it to them when they are sitting at a post office for too long. Oh, well, uh, 
I got letters for you. You get got letters for me. So let's. Uh... Yes. Uh, so I have a large stack of letters here, and he pulls out a massive bundle of letters. And oh then there goodness. are about like three to four packages. And you. In the world. Uh, yes. Uh, for a large parcel, you will need to give me a one gold per. There is about uh twenty uh letters here with three parcels. Um, to a total cost of twenty-five gold pieces. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah, how much is that going to run me? Yeah, 25 gold pieces. Yeah. 25. I think I got 25 here. Yeah, here you go. Thank you, uh, AO Tetera. It's nice to see you again, by the way. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, perhaps we have met before. Um, nice of you to remember my name. Uh, uh, he looks at his paper again. Minus Pebu Walker. AO Tetera. Yep, I got you here in my bestest friend column. Uh, strange. Yes. Um... <laughs> Would you like to mail back a letter? I can hang out for but a moment. Um, I would. As you peruse yeah. your process. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, here you go. And you see that Minus had like reopened his letter <laughs> and like wrote more because he had the battle and then reclosed it. So it's a little like scuffed. <laughs> so and now there's like some papers in there, like the really shitty paper from Shadowfell. He's like, this is from Shadowfell, mom. <laughs> so you look through the letters and the first few letters that are stacking. Um, you notice that these were written over a few months to a year. They were dated. And most of them are pretty normal from your mother. And they have like, they have cookies attached to them, which is what's in the boxes. They are filled with sweet treats, but they are very stale by this point. And then- How many so, sweet treats do I get? Three, um, you get about 20 cookies between the batch and uh, four cinnamon, four of these sweet rolls that you used to eat. And there's- um, now rotten vegetables in there and the first few letters are your typical letters from your mother like how are you doing oh my god honey i i hope you're having great adventures and then you get a letter from mirandor and that letter says oh wait hey minnie haven't heard from you in a while i'm starting to think uh we're starting to think that the clan forgot about you. Uh, I mean, I certainly have, bro. Anyway, the clan is thriving and we're having a blast. And uh, uh, we're having a blast with all the Minus Isn't Here parties. Also, I reached a new PR in my bench press. Now I'm stacking almost five bales of hay on either side. And then you see more letters and the letters from your mother now seem increasingly more worried. Like, hey, honey, haven't heard from you in a while. Please write back when you get a chance. I know adventuring can be fun. Uh, just please remember your mother. And you see a few more letters like that. And then you see another uh, letter from Mirador. Wow, Minis, uh, you know, I always knew you were a coward, bro. But this is low. Did you really die out there? You would die out there. And then you see a few more letters. And one of the letters you've seen, nine months have effectively passed. And uh, the mother was not only telling you about midwinter celebrations, but how, like, she was telling you about some of some birthdays like you missed flora's birthday and she was writing about that party and she was like mm. creating a big feast and then you get to the last letter you see one last letter the most recent one that was written maybe about a month ago um, and, um, and, uh, oh cookies oh sweet rolls nice oh i love these they're kind of stale oh <coughs> uh, get those out of here oh uh, yeah screw you marinara i hate you too uh, nah, nah, nah. <sighs> All right, last one. My, my sweet menace. I know you haven't wrote in so long, but I believe there's a good reason why. I will keep writing to you as I know you are still out there. However, I need to tell you something. Oh, hey, hear that, guys? My mom needs to tell me something. That's crazy. <clears throat> 
In your absence, your father needed to name the heir of the clan. I tried to reassure him that you are still out there, but the clan council demanded an answer. Miranor. Miranor. Is this a typo? Oh, no. Is it? That is. What? Mi Miranor is named to be chieftain. The ivory boulders when your father's time has come. Please come home soon. I'm starting to believe that Crystal... Why is this crossed out? Isn't real and it's... A fool's errand. Love always, Mama Moo Moo. Dear Mom. I don't know what the meaning of this is. Must be some trick or a nightmare I can't wake up from. At least that's what I want to believe. I'm sure you fought your best for me in my absence. I'm sure Flora did the same. You two always had my back. To the clan, read this well. I'm not very smart, but I'm not stupid either. I know few people believe in the Hydra. I know there is little hope. Whether it's real or not, I will prove myself to the clan and come back stronger than you could ever imagine. Tell Miranor my challenge stands. When I return, the best shall stand tall. To my dad, I know you're embarrassed of me, but to abandon tradition like this is disgraceful. Maybe they all laugh at me. Maybe I will never be this big, hulking minotaur that you want me to be, but I keep company based on the quality of their character, not the size of their chest. At least I have that much honor. I won't stop until my quest is complete, and in the end, even if you don't accept me, or even if this errand was for a fool, I will still have created tales of legend. They'll have done it for me. For my friends. For the people. Don't wait for me. Minus Pebble Walker. And now it's time for the Patreon shoutouts, starting with the Bloodshard Bandits. Ulrich Shield Dust has returned from his trip to North Trillis and is excited to get back to work at the Shield Heart Forge. Unfortunately, it will take a couple days for him to reopen as Nalma made a big mess of things while he was gone. That is the last time Ulrich asks her to watch his shop while he is away. Next up is Benjamin Hayes, who has just awoken from a lengthy surgery. Vision blurry, he tumbles off the operating table. Witch doctors and artificers yell at him to calm down as he rushes to the nearest bathroom. Benjamin dry heaves but nothing comes up as his gasps echo inside his head. Something isn't right with his arms. He rushes to the mirror and screams in horror at what stares back. And now we have Dylan Snyder. The roads to Lord Baron's Divider have become much more pleasant to travel down as sweet music notes now grace the air. Travelers claim to have seen an autumn ladron weaving their way through forests while playing an ethereal flute. No one knows if these rumors are true, but sightings keep popping up closer and closer to Lord Baron's castle. The whereabouts of Julius Kendrick are yet again unknown. Murmurs have been spread around the Red Dawn that he may have been banished for letting some heroes into Shadowfell. Others say he is preparing for his next scheme. Who is to say what will become of this man? All I know is rumors have been popping up about grave sites getting robbed late at night close to the Sigic College. 
and Reigns. A hint to Reigns' whereabouts were found recently. However, where they were found does not bode well. His ID and staff were located, crushed into the ground with a massive footprint. Truly harrowing. The Sigi College alumni are next, starting with Andrew Hall. Andrew is currently working their way through a degree in practical magic. Illusions have been giving him a bit of trouble, so if anyone has some tips to share, please stop by the Sigma Pi Epsilon Lambda Lambda Sigma house during club hours. Artemis has recently received a Shield of Expression for winning the Sigic Safety Award. This is an honor given every year to whomever observes and writes out the most citations. The college has since amended the rule for acceptable citations, as over 50 of Artemis were titled Bullied Joe Joverson, followed by things as simple as Ignored Kemi Joe when he waved to them in the hall. And next is Robit Crisp. A Sigic College alumni has just met with Robit about his application to the Alpha Beaker Phi Grant. With enough funding, Robit hopes to scientifically put an end to the question, how would a baguette move if it could move? Now Saint Chaos. This manager of misfits strikes again. During an Arcane Focus 203 lesson, students quickly learned that their magical sticks were all replaced with wands of smiling. With an absence of evidence, Saint Chaos is the only person so far to elude Artemis and his famous citations. Warden, new to South Trillis, this nomad is looking for a place to call their own. Wandering from town to town, Warden has been making notes about the best prices on homes, food, and ale. If you see someone with a notepad and a table full of everything on the menu, please say hi and show them around town. And last but not least are Humbrea's heroes. Alex Judge Dredd is getting ready to come back from vacation. He was quoted as saying, I am the vacation. Angel the Ranger just finished having tea with Kara and Ghibli in the Riverwood Forest. She hopes to visit again soon as her pit bull has become quite friendly with Duck Norris. Man with Stone has been taken into custody as suspect number one in Man with Glasses' disappearance. Could it be a hostage scenario? Or is it murder? Sergio Rodriguez, this mysterious figure, has been seen walking into bars late at night. After following him in, no one can seem to find Sergio. Something fishy is going on here. Abdul Rahman, another new face to South Trillis. This person is looking for work. They just finished helping the town of Dilmore rebuild, so perhaps they will settle down there. Terminal No Name. This man created a new sport in Holbeck called Rocket Boot League, where you strap rocket boots to carts and try to get a wicker ball in the opponent's net. Thank you again to all our amazing supporters. If you would like to hear your name read here, please go to patreon.com dnd404 and sign up to the respective tier. All right, Minus out.